What is up? It is the pod with no name. Back again with another one of those block rocking beats. Not really, but we are back again with Wes as he's here, and we're going to talk wrestling. I think my first episode was a uh, WrestleMania review show from last year. So it's been almost a year since a wrestling show. I told you back then we may have some more. Well, here it is. So if you like wrestling, stick around. If you don't, hey, check us out next time. Uh, in the meantime, hit me up on Twitter, at Rooftop Hero, all one word. On Instagram, at Rooftop underscore Hero. Hit me up in a message. Hit me up with a tweet, whatever you want. Debate us on who you think is your favorite or who's the best, because that's what we'll be talking about today. Our favorite wrestlers of all time. Top five with a couple honorable mentions. Talk about our current favorites. May even di- dive into uh, a little bit more as WrestleMania is just around the corner, less than a month away. I should say that more like Vince, though, shouldn't I? WrestleMania! Or something like that. I don't know. That's not a good Vince. But you get the point. It's wrestling show right here on the pod with no name. As I said in the intro, we are back with another episode of the Pod with No Name. And by we, I said Wes is back. Wes is here. Say hey, Wes. Hey. See, that's him. He's here. And we're going to talk about wrestling. Wrestling. Uh, grappling. The professional kind. Sp- <laughs> not, totally not scripted. Uh, sports entertainment. Yo, if you will. We're not in the wrestling business. <laughs> we're in the sports entertainment business. Baby. Uh, Wes and I, I, I think we talked about it maybe some on the last episode, brought up our fandom of wrestling, um, but I think the first episode I did of this podcast was a WrestleMania review show, and I mentioned then, may do some more wrestling shows, it's been almost a year since that one, so if you don't like wrestling, then why are you so fucking angry, it's been a year since we're doing the show, so calm down, come back next week, but if you like wrestling, here we are, so we're going to talk about our top five favorites of all time. With two alternates, or honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the term we decided on. Uh, five current ones from today, which you're not as up on. You're kind of getting back into that. A lot I'm of people get, got out of it for a while. It's getting, it's getting better. It's getting better. With AEW, it's getting better. But mm-hmm. it was get, it's getting rough in WWE. It was getting really hard to watch it. Yeah, let's give a quick background on that, too, by the way. Wrestling, if you know it, you know it. If you don't, uh, WWE slash back to the day WWF was the big boy, still is the big boy. But had a run where they were challenged by WCW. Uh, WCW won for 83 weeks, uh, as you can hear all about on the podcast with Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. And, but at the end of the day, WWE won that war, bought them out. They owned it all. They're the only game in town, and, really. And Vince McMahon cut one of the greatest promos in the history of wrestling at the, to start a Nitro off when he bought them. Oh, yeah. God damn, that was fucking cool. I have now purchased WCW. I bought my competition. <laughs> and it's what he did. It's he what he did back did in the it. territory days. Same thing. He just did it on a bigger scale. So now we're back to really one game in town. And then recently, within the past year, a new one has sprung up, started by an ex-WWF guy that wasn't really thrilled with his spot, a son of legendary... Guy, Dusty Rhodes, is Cody Rhodes, his youngest son. My youngest, baby. Brought his older brother, Dustin, with him. Uh, they got in with some guys from New Japan that are Americans, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And a Canadian, Kenny Omega. And a Canadian, yeah. And uh, Y2J, baby, Chris Jericho. A little bit of the bubbly. And they started AEW. And it's taken off, and it's found its niche, and it's doing well right now. I still wonder if the news going to wear off, but we'll see. So they've got some competition. Guys are leaving, and we are right around the corner from WrestleMania. So it's just it feels like a good time to talk about wrestling. So we're gonna get nostalgic as hell right off the bat with our old school or of all time. Some may be still current guys that are, are girls, yeah. 
that are on the all-time list, but uh, you'll find the older ones here. So we will do our uh, honorable mentions, as they were. And Wes, what would you like to tell the people how you're choosing yours? My honorable mentions basically are the ones that were my favorites when I was a kid. And my top five all-time is a mixture of that, but it's uh, the ones I loved when I was a kid. I put them as my two, but I did do a scale, which is irrelevant, but I like scales and I like rating stuff. So it's our favorite, personal favorites of all time. But I put the scale in there so you can kind of see where they would rank all time if you did an all time. So I would do my number, my first alternate, first honorable mention. Yes. Is the Road Warriors. Good choice. I count them as one. Um, if you grew up as a, as a kid, uh, a little boy back then, and you didn't like the Road Warriors, something was wrong with you. Uh, one of the coolest looking tag teams of all time before they even got in the ring. And then they just were snug. Oh, we're going to use a lot of terminology, too. <laughs> so if you don't get it, put it in your Google machine, you'll get it. They were snug as shit. I'm sure a lot of their squash matches, the dudes had concussions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of people who got hurt. They were cool as shit. They, they, they had a great look. They, they, uh, they were believable as hell. And they did decent promos, but they were so good at what they did. Like, I wanted to put spikes on my football pads when I was in elementary school. And, and I wanted to figure out how to do it. Yeah, if you if the Road Warrior thing isn't hitting you, maybe you've heard of them as the Legion of Doom. That was their other name. But oh, yeah, a.k.a. Big guys, shoulder pads with the spikes on them, hawk, animal, oh, what a rush. That music hit, man, you just hear, what a rush. And you get that Road Warrior pop, as they call it. Where was it? Was it SummerSlam at Wembley when they came in on the motorcycles? It was. One of the greatest pops you'll ever hear in your life. It's like 91 or 92, something and, like that. And the entire crowd lost their damn mind. That's in England. And they in, were in England, there. and and they lost their damn mind. So I mean, they were. That's my. But that's my first. When I was a kid, it was them and one other, which is my other alternate. But uh, yeah, I was a I was a LOD guy because Road Warriors were more of WCW and uh, uh, God, not mid Georgia Championship were they or no Jim Crockett maybe I they, don't they worked everywhere. they went everywhere but they, they worked I didn't everywhere. watch anything that's what me and Wes were talking about before we started recording was. I grew up WWF, and I didn't watch anything else. So, like Dusty Rhodes, a lot of people knew him from all his great stuff. I've gone back and watched it, but at the time, my first Dusty Rhodes was Yellow Polka Dot, baby. Like, goofy cartoon, not this guy having, like, blood Sapphire. death matches. Yeah. So, Wes has, like, that that little bit of a jump on me and knowing that kind of stuff. Well, so I've gone back, and I know a lot more, but growing up, that I knew the Legion of Doom, and they were badass. And then when I was... Uh, 13, I think it was 90 or 14. It was 97 was WrestleMania 14 in Boston. And they came back with Sonny as their manager. Woo. And that's when Sonny was hot. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. It's not present day Sonny. It's not jail time Sonny. Oh no, not Tammy Sitch, but Sonny was. (laughs) Woo. So yes, I'm a fan of the road. Where it's a good pick, man. Do you have any other before we, you don't have to say them? But do you have any other tag teams on your list? Or is that the no, only one? It's the only one I got. I don't have any tag teams on mine, and that's a good one. That's a hard. It's hard to leave out some, and that's a damn good. Pick. It's they're still my favorite tag team of all time. Like, and I'm not a big fan of tag teams, but Hawk and Animal were they were just they were great. They were so freaking good. They 
and and maybe not tacticians, but they were never meant to be tacticians. Yeah, they were brawlers, and they were believable as hell. Like you looked at them, you're like, oh yeah, they beat the hell out of anybody in a room. Now I'm going to preface this too, which Wes, you weren't here when I did the like the opening intro, so you'll hear that. But I told everybody it was our favorites, and to debate us or me on Twitter and Instagram because you don't do that. Uh, but these aren't who we think are should be on like wrestling Mount Rushmore. These are who was on like our personal Mount Rushmore. So you could say we're wrong, but you're wrong because it's our personal thing. So you can have your own and you can tell us all about it, but I just want to preface that, that we're not leaving people out because we think they suck. Cause some of them are great and they're not on my list or probably Wes's. So it's just a personal list. It's Don't personal get your panties list. in a bunch. Calm down, Francis. Which my top five, you could argue. Should be Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, you could argue my top five because... Kurrigan? Huh? Kurrigan from the Oddities? He's on your top five, right? Uh, no, his best work was <laughs> on the first season of The Strain when he was the master. That was the best thing he ever did. Very, very yeah, good. I'm just pulling that one out right there. You hit me with Kurrigan, I'll hit you back with the master. All right, so that's your first honorable mention. I keep wanting to say alternates, but that seems shitty. It's on, They're good. They're honorable mentions. So, okay, you got the Road Warriors. So now mine, my first honorable mention... Uh, hard not to put this one in my top five. I hated to, to leave him off, but I thought he was cool as hell, and uh, he deserves to be mentioned. He's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. The hitman, Bret Hart. I love Bret Hart. I thought he was awesome when I was a kid. I thought he was awesome when I was a teenager. The pink and black, like a grown man wearing pink out to the ring, and it didn't seem... Week it worked. He made it look cool as hell, and I wanted to be one of those kids in the front row that got his glasses. <laughs> and like, he wasn't great you on the take microphone. Them now. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> you take him now. I would. I would take him. I'd be like, oh my god, Brett. But he was so good in the ring that his promo skills weren't great, but they didn't have to be. But then we hit that spell in the late nineties where it was Team America versus Canada. I know it's a it's a work at this point, and it's all you know made up fun, but I thought just based on crowd reaction, like we're gonna have a war with Canada, like <laughs> these Canadians are fucking pissed. Like all of our good guys here, Stone Cold and everybody, get cheered like heroes from war in our country. Then they go up to Canada and are booed out of the building, and they played it that way. They just ran with it, and it was Canada versus the United States. I was like, these Canadian fucks. But it was, Brett got better. And you said, we talked about this uh, a few days ago, I think, and you said it's because some of it was true, was how he felt about stuff. He believed it. Yeah, believability is a big thing. So, Brett the Hitman Hart, um, he's a Hall of Famer. The Road Warriors, they're Hall of Famers. So, already, we're there. Uh, I figured figured Brett Hart being your top five. He, He got bumped. He was in my top five, and I, I bumped him down because I thought about something. So okay. he, he has been bumped down, but Bret Hart, clearly an honorable mention on my side. So now, Wes, your second honorable mention is? Well, I was going to say about Bret Hart is that the only time that he that, – that's what you were talking about when he – he is so old school, he he had a, a, a disdain for the American fans for cheering Stone Cold because he just he couldn't understand why they would cheer this guy. So that's the reason why it was the best part of his career was because the reason why it was good is because he believed every damn word he was saying. He was pissed about it, yeah. He was fucking mad. And and if you listen long enough, is that he's mad about a lot of things. <laughs> and didn't like a lot of people. Are you a reader? Do you read? 
I've read a thing or two. Okay, a thing or two. <laughs> I say that because like my other buddy TJ will tell you straight, well, up until about two months ago, he had read three books his entire life. Like, not a reader. So I've got friends that are like, fuck reading. But I like to read, and I will say that Bret Hart's book is maybe my favorite book, wrestling book of all time. If not, it's it's right there with that guy who's on my TV right now, Mick Foley. Uh, his first book, Have a Nice Day, was that's probably my favorite. But Bret Hart's is right there. When, so if you get a chance, if you like to read about wrestling stuff, go get that book. It's a quick, easy read, and it's a free plug for the hitman. So if you hear this, Brett, please send me some sunglasses. You'll get right on that. Thank you. Okay, my other um, alternate, Ronda mentioned, is it was my my guy when I was little. It's Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, shit, that's a good one. Uh, Didn't crack my top five of all time, but when I was a kid, Jake Roberts was my guy. You liked him. I loved Jake the Snake. Now, as a bad guy or as a good guy? I didn't understand. Okay. Well, I'm talking about when I was little. I did not understand the concept of good guy, bad guy. I thought, this dude has cool boots. He's got a fucking snake. <laughs> and he's got a sweet-ass finisher. And then we got a little bit older. His uh, I got to appreciate promos. Promos are some of the best of oh. all time. Oh, yeah. Never raised the, like one of some of the best ring psychology of all time. Like The guy should have been like the number one of the top guys in WWE de- developmental. But he had his own demons that he fought forever. And if you if you ever want to watch a documentary on wrestling, one of the ones you need to watch is The Resurrection of Jake Roberts. Yeah. That is one of the best things I've ever seen in a documentary, even though I'm vested in that character. I wanted him. You're, I, I was rooting for him. What's he, in his 60s now? Yeah, maybe early 60s. And you can tell he's been through some shit. Oh, he's but seen the devil. He was, uh, yeah, he's, he's made some deals with him. Yeah. He uh, he was in a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon, which was great. If you hadn't seen that, watch that movie. Uh-uh. Uh, it's got Shia LaBeouf. Okay. In he's it. in that? Yeah. Oh. He's, he's the main guy next to another one, which I'm not a fan of him, but the movie was great. Also in that movie, Mick Foley. It's, it's, you'd like it. Seriously, it's a good movie. And okay. he was, as his old advanced age, he was on AEW the other night. Okay, that's what I was going to bring up when I talk about his promos. If you if you want to go back and actually watch his promo, like the the one he shot on DiBiase, it was Mania Six or something. Yeah. Okay, the one he did on DiBiase mm-hmm. shows you an idea of his promos. The promo he cut on Cody Rhodes and AEW shows that man still can he can still talk. Yeah. That was a f- damn near flawless promo. He's well spoken. It was thought out, and it had a great ending to it. And he's just a cold dude. Like this is the deal. There's there's a the website called What Culture, and a few years ago they did a, a guy named Adam did these uh, I, how I would have booked, you know, fill in the blank, and he goes how he would have booked the Ministry of Darkness, the the uh, uh, escaping me now, um, the higher power. Mm-hmm. And this was like 25 minutes of him explaining how he would have done it. But at the end, he said the higher power should have been Jake Roberts. That would have been cool. It would have made sense, and it would have been a cool reveal instead of doing Vince McMahon. But, uh, like, one thing that he said that I always thought was cool, I was watching an interview with him, and uh, he said uh, they're they're in the studio cutting promos or whatever, and he's, like, looking at the camera, and he's just mouthing his words, but he's not saying anything. 
And they're like, we can't hear you. And he goes, oh, I'm not saying anything. Just don't cut the film. Just don't cut it. Just let me go. And he's talking, he's talking. But nothing's coming out. You're just seeing his words. And then he goes, I made you get up out of your chair and turn the TV up. Imagine what else I can do to you. I can That's do. Like, he's just really smart at how he did everything. He's just, he had to fight so many demons. It just tore his career up. But in a, a very interesting, it's a sad story, but it's a very interesting story if you ever want to look into Jake Roberts. Yep. He's he's turned it around, him and uh, Scott Hall, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, the bad guy. They got some help from old Diamond Dallas Page, DDPY. Doesn't want it to be called yoga anymore. But uh, he's helping get people turned around, and he's done that with Jake the Snake. So it's good, because that's a guy, I mean, I remember the being... Traumatized as a kid, him and Savage, the snake bite on the bicep on TV and blood coming out of his arm because the snake's biting him. And I'm just like, oh, shit. It's Saturday morning. And they got Saturday Saturday morning. You just got through watching G.I. Joe. You flip it over to USA and there is a cobra biting a man (laughs) and blood's coming out. You would never get away with it today, but it was so freaking good. I bought it. Hook, line, and sing. Oh, yeah. Macho's going to die. They're not going to get him to the hospital in time. Because was it? It was in that same storyline, but I don't remember if it was before or after that. They had the wedding reception of Macho Man and Elizabeth, and Jake had brought him a present. And they opened the box, and it's Snake. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like what the. Fuck? I'll tell you another storyline that I always liked when I was a kid is when uh, Jake Roberts was messing with the Ultimate Warrior, and he brought the Undertaker in to do his dirty work for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always thought that was good when he locked the uh, the Ultimate Warrior in a room full of snakes. And if unless I'm getting this wrong, didn't he kick the shit out of a fucking cobra? Oh, I'm sure he did. And I'm like, there's no way you <laughs> get away with this now. Like, I'm sure he did. He kicked the shit out of that snake. He had so much cocaine going through him at the time, he wasn't even thinking of it. But that's all. You know, that's all I got on on Jake. It's just I think it would be a miss if you didn't mention him in some way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think honestly he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Like he was good at everything he did. And a lot of people in the business today still credit him for how they do stuff. How yeah. they try or how they try to do stuff. Nobody's been able to do it like Jake the Snake. And sadly, as good as he was with that DDT, it's a common move now that everybody does. Yeah, I mean And nobody still does it that great. He had a snap to it. He had a could you imagine him doing it the way he snaps with Somebody like Seth Rollins, or I don't know if you've seen it lately, but Seth Rollins will take one or Ziggler, and they spike their head into the mat and stiff body it out. If if they could do that with a Jake the Snake DDT, game over. Like that'd just be fantastic. That would be cool. All right, so my my next alternate honorable mention. Damn it, I keep saying alternates. Yeah, All right, fine, they're alternates. Uh, in case one of our five gets sick, one of these two will show up to take their place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that his hair? I don't know what the hell's what going the on. What the hell? I'm, I'm sure that's what Oh, that was a commercial shoot. Sorry, we're, we've got WWE Network on in the background. The Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is tonight, so I've already got the network up and running. Uh, this one was tough. Uh, is there any way I can... No, I'm not going to do it. we got to stick to it. I was going to say, can I talk you into three alternates? Because this one was a tough one for me. I bumped a guy down to it, and as I'm sitting here talking to you about Jake the Snake, it made me think of somebody else, and I'm thinking about replacing him with this guy. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to... Oh, God, I can't believe he's not going to make my top five or top seven, though. I think he's going to make yours, so I'll leave him out of mine. Okay. Uh, and this guy was a shitty, shitty wrestler. I didn't realize that when I was a kid. 
went until later, and I learned more about the business and could watch things, and I've heard people talk about it, and nobody liked him. Uh, he sucked to work with. In the ring, he sucked to do business with. I'm trying to guess who it is now. And uh, he had the, for me, the greatest ring music of all time. Entrance music of all time. I have no fucking idea. When the guitar riffs of the Ultimate honky Warrior. Honky Tonk Man? Fuck oh, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> fuck you for ruining an Ultimate Warrior moment with your Honky Tonk bullshit. I know he was over like Rover in the day, but fuck Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> Okay. We got to make t-shirts now. That's going to be my first t-shirt for our podcast. Fuck, fuck Honky, Honky Tonk, Tonk man. man. But no, the ultimate warrior that dun, 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 and he had come running dun. full blast. That face paint, the the arm and knee tassels dressed, and the hair. He's dressed like a girl's bike. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. When I was six, that was cool as shit. And he just come full blast running to the ring. Then he's running around the ring. Then he's up on the apron running around and he's shaking the ropes. And you're like... This guy is a superhero. And then you learned later, like, he sucked because he's gassed. He's done. He's, his entrance ended him before the match started. Everybody shits on John Cena for his five moves of doom. Warrior only had, like, two. It was a splash and a gorilla press and a clothesline. So I he, guess he had three. He could barely do those. Yeah, he could barely do those. But WrestleMania six was him and Hogan for the title. He was the Intercontinental Champion. Hulk Hogan was the world champ. And I was a Hulkamaniac. For years up until that point, and that's the night that I, I was like, I'm pulling for Warrior. And he won in the, the Sky Dome in Toronto, and I was just like, oh, it's my guy. And he is nuttier than a squirrel turd. He, or was. Mm. He uh, had a long career that he bounced around because he's hard to work with, and he's unreliable and pain in the ass. But nobody forgot him. He got on the outs with Vince and WWE for a long time. They finally buried the hatchet. His real name was Jim Helwig, but he had it legally changed to Warrior. Uh, that's just, they put that shit on his checks. Like, I always wondered when I was a kid, how do wrestlers get checks? Like, you go to the bank and it says The Undertaker, paid to the order of The Undertaker. Well, The Warrior got checks made out to Warrior at some point. Uh, so, that's just, you, you can't beat that. Do you remember um, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a three CD set that came out, WWE Anthology. Had all the theme songs for like 30 years of people oh, yeah. on it. Yeah. We used to play that in the overhead at Blockbuster when I worked there. And when we would close, Wilson and I, sometimes Morgan, but me and Wilson would have matches or we'd turn on the Warrior music and just run through with our arms out and take down whole shelves of videos and just scream in the store. Are, are you worried about they might they might hold you liable for that now? Like Blo- Blockbuster's going to come get you. Oh, they're out of business now. This is what's going to bring them back. This is going to be one guy on that this holds a grudge. No, look, our store manager, Eric, is a saint for not firing us because he could have done it a bazillion times. Uh, shout out to Eric, by the way. He sees my Facebook when I post these things. So I don't know if he listens to them or not, but he actually is a wrestling fan and rode home on a flight next to IRS. That's just a story. Well, there you go. So, so yeah, Eric and Eric knows about this. I'm sure he watched the video and he's like, Jesus Christ. But Warrior was just so much power and the the color and the lights. And you're like, who is that was a superhero to me. Like at six years old, Hulk Hogan was strong and all this. But Warrior had a look that was just like, that's a superhero. That's a comic book character come to life. So he is my, my really second was. alternate. Well, the thing, and you'll hear me say same stuff over and over again when I'm saying why this guy. But when I say promos, I'll say it over and over again because I think that's essential to being an all-time great. Pro wrestler because that's part of the job. That's, mm. that's part of the thing that sells, that gets butts in the seats, sells tickets, gets you over, and all that shit. Um, 
But with Warrior, you left out how batshit crazy his fucking promos were. Oh, they made no sense. It, some of the... It's the ramblings of a madman. If anybody anybody else did them, they would be told not to do them. You'd be like, you're a horrible promo, don't ever do that again. But they let him do it because they were so batshit crazy that it just captivated. (laughs) They didn't have to make sense to a kid. Everything he said made sense. And at one point, he talks about kicking the door of a plane down and crashing it. <laughs> like, and we're all cool with it. It's, it's like, yeah, kick the door down, crash it, kill everybody on board. Dude, and then I'll throw this one other thing in there was, I think I told you this the other day, was he had the the oddest diet routine I've ever seen in my life. So, like, if you don't know who the Ultimate Warrior is in his prime... Go fuck yourself. He, he was absolutely the... He was jacked out of his mind, like, body-wise. So there was, like, no bad food went into his system. And what he would do, so for desserts, he wouldn't technically eat things. He would get two cookies that he wanted. He would crumble them up in his hands and hold his hands together and then inhale the smell of the cookie instead of eating it. This is the man you're dealing with. The ultimate cookie monster. The ultimate cookie monster. He wouldn't eat it, but he would smell it. So that pretty much sums up the personality of the warrior. Hulk Hogan, nom 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 nom. Yeah, he, the, in the Grimlock system, he somehow came up with this idea for you know the to, 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 to listen. You will not find enough videos of people shitting on that guy, but he he left a mark. Oh, you remember like as a kid? Yeah, you remember the hell out of the Ultimate Warrior. I was never an Ultimate Warrior kid, but you paid attention when he showed up. But I just thought you were going to say Honky Tonk Man. I don't know why you didn't. No, what's your your second one that you said, Jake the Snake, and mine, Ultimate Warrior, uh, both Hall of Famers. Again, he had made up with Vince uh, recent years, got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Everybody was happy. He came out on Raw the next night, on Monday night. was great. Walked into his car the next morning, collapsed and died. Like, wow. And the, the promo he shot the night before he died is weird. Yeah. And he literally talks about a man's heart beats his last beat and he breathes his last breath and then dies the next day. You can't, if you put it in a movie, nobody believe it. So that's that's it, kids. That's our uh, our honorable mentions slash alternates. Uh, well, still, as much as I love them, that's a kind of a iffy move there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So here, here we go. We're going to get now top five favorite wrestlers of all time. We're going to start at five, work our way down to our all-time favorite. Uh, Wes, you have won the toss and have elected to defer. No, you've elected to receive. What do you, well, you know what? What do you want to do? I'll go first. You have re- elected to receive. Oh, oh, okay. All right, that's how we're doing it. So I changed my number five because I figured we would have ones that were the same. Um, and if he does not get mentioned, I will mention him at the end of this because he deserves it. But okay. I changed my number five. To Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay, I'll did, change mine because that's my number five. Did you really? It was. That's going to be my number five, but I'm going to change it. I can use the guy I didn't put in mine. Okay, then I think we had the same fucking idea. I, I just don't think we knew it. The reason why I put him in there was because, like I said, the other guy, we're going to talk about him. But I think one when I was a kid, I liked Hogan when I was a kid, but when I thought about it, I was like, God damn, that, that, that motherfucker was good. If you think about well, you, the way they look, mm-hmm. dude had all-time look. Like, when you think pro wrestling, you pretty much think of Hulk Hogan. 
Well, you do because he's like the Babe Ruth. But if you like, if you're getting a, a wrestling star today, and I know the body type has gone down from Land of Giants somewhat, and his body at the time, especially even now, like he's like six foot seven. Like he's, he's not six foot seven anymore. Well, he was like he, at his prime. He was. Yeah, he's like six four now because yeah. too many leg drops. Yeah, brother. But the bald head with the hair really—that was a hot look. That was the great look. Okay. Or do we give him a pass because we're like, what's well, wrestling's Babe Ruth? No, it worked for him. It did. It I'll fucking worked. There's no getting around it. I never thought it was stupid. The dude could cut the fuck out of a promo. Oh, yeah. Um, you believed it. Mm-hmm. And when you're, especially like when we were in high school and stuff like that, he kind of, he like Hogan had three or four moves, that was it. And like, well, he couldn't work. He couldn't do that. But then if you think about it, it's like he did exactly what he had to do. And he got over every damn time. And the best example you can have of Hulk Hogan to show you how good he was was when he went against The Rock at Mania. It was Still in, my favorite match of all time. NWO Hogan going in as the heel. The Rock, white hot baby face. As, as over with the crowd as you can get. Hogan's so fucking good that halfway through that match, the crowd starts cheering for Hogan. Yeah. He turned the crowd. At, uh, at Adam Smith's house. It was me, Adam, Casey was there, uh, Randy, Biscuit was there, and we all were sick of Hogan at that point. We're like, he's too old, like we're tired of seeing him on TV, whatever. And they were in the Sky Dome where him and Warrior were, and Canadians still love Hulk Hogan. And that he came out, and the the black and white NWO, and, bow, 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 and the crowd was going apeshit for him mm-hmm. off the bat. And I was like, holy shit, listen to that. We were all like amazed. We're like, wow, how about that? Well, I can't wait to see him get his ass kicked. And I mean, it wasn't... Three moves into it, there was like a lockup, and Hogan shoved him down and did the first little side Hulk up pose, and we all changed to Hogan fans. Right then, that entire room yeah. switched, and that's who we wanted to win. And the match itself was not great, but it was so, it the crowd was so into it, and it got you into it, and the posing, the nostalgia, and, and Rock went with it. Like, I don't think he gets enough credit for going into it as the face and getting that and being able to go with it and not being like, oh shit, I'm getting booed, what do I do? And that's still to this day, it wasn't the best match, but it's my all-time favorite match. Well, I would say that it was a good match. And the reason why I say that, what I was thinking about today was the reason why I put him in here was we are so desensitized by spot-heavy shit, mm-hmm. people doing just amazing stuff. When you see someone like Hogan, it seems simple, but he's doing everything he, he needs to do. He's reading the crowd. He's doing what moves he because I mean, dude was trained in Japan like he knew more than he than he did. Yeah. He could have been more ripped, but they wanted him to look like a strong man. There was a certain everything was for a reason, but we came to this conclusion. So the other night, I might have been under influences, but we ended up thought it was a good idea me and my wife to watch <laughs> No Holds Barred, and, and and it's always a good idea to watch No Holds Barred. <laughs> you go back and watch it, and what I realized you talk about his hair. Mm-hmm. there's a scene in the fucking movie where my wife is like I think his hair has its own lighting and we looked at it paused it and we're pretty sure that it has its own lighting if you go and the, and the, the craziest thing I took away from that movie watching it as an adult now is the only time if you go back and watch it rewatch it and thank me later um, the only time he looks normal in that entire fucking movie is when he's in an actual wrestling <laughs> match at the end of the movie because if you look at his outfit through the entire movie, you're like, he he thought that was a good idea to walk around dressed like that. And evidently, that's how he dressed in real life. 
Yep. And nobody told him no. And when I was six, I wanted to dress like that all the time. You wanted some black leather cowboy boots that are laced up the front with red laces. You damn right I did. With matching laced gloves. And I don't mean like lace. I mean like they had red laces. I'm sorry. That's probably not that big of a deal, but I was just, it blew oh. my mind, his wardrobe in that movie. It's worth watching it just to do a checklist on what he wore, thinking that, yeah, this is okay. It's okay to wear this to dinner. <laughs> he's Hulk Hogan, brother. I, he is Hulk Hogan. So that's my number five. Oh, I mean, he's arguably the biggest star ever in wrestling. There's only one person that surpassed him in popularity. We'll get to him. Okay. But that's my number five. That's a good number five. That was going to be my number five. So what? what is your number five now? So I guess this is where the alternate should come in. Instead of Hogan, I should bump one up and move him. But I'll put, this guy was the one that I was like, gosh, he's not going to make my list at all now. So I'll put him in here at five uh, since, since we hit Hogan already. And he's probably going to be on your list now. Chris Jericho. The Ayatollah of rock and roll. He deserves to be on it. Y2J. Chris Jericho, who has wrestled now over, I mean, they like to do this shit in other sports, like five decades. As yeah. 80s, 90s, 2000s, 10s, and 20s. Yeah, late 80s, he was in there. Shit. I think, I'm pretty sure he had like matches at late 89 or something like that. Maybe not. So at least four, I, I though, don't four decades. I, I know him from the mid 90s. Now, he was a big him. deal in WCW, which I didn't watch at the time, but I know about it. And he was a big cruiserweight. He was great in WCW. And was wonderful. And I've seen one of my. Favorite things of any WCW stuff I've seen is when he's reading the fax machine paper list of his thousand and two holds, and every other one is armbar. And he's reading it during, and they go to commercial, and he comes back, and he's still reading off the damn list. It was a live show. And it was my favorite thing that I ever saw him do there. But I remember being at Adam's house uh, when he made his debut. He had the countdown to the Millennium Clock, and all of a sudden it counted down to zero. The Rock was in the ring, so right off the bat, you're getting in there. Interrupting The Rock, who was at the time the man. Yeah. And here he is with his stupid, I call it pebble hair. He had it sprouted up in the middle. I hated that part. But had his flashy shirt and turned around and I was hooked. And that was my first wrestling shirt that I ever bought at a show was a Y2J Chris Jericho shirt. And I loved him. I loved everything he did in WWE. Uh, he had the long hair. He was the heel. He was a baby face. And then he cut his hair off and he did the suit thing and he did the Jake the Snake where he, he talked very softly. And he never screamed. And he, is that the best that there is of what I do? Yeah, I'm the best in the world at what I do. And it was like, gee, and he kept reinventing himself. Then he comes out with his damn light bright jacket. I love that jacket. Which is insane. I love that jacket. I love the fucking jacket so much. It's got light. It's like light bright sleeves and stuff. And it lights up and he'd do his entrance and be dark. Then you just see his arms outstretched in his classic pose. You know, much like Christ with the arms out. And then he's very Christ-like. He is. And then leader of men. He could do what he wanted. And then he decides, hey, Vince, I appreciate it. Love you, no hard feelings, but I want to go help this new company. So now he's jumped over, and he is one of the top guys in AEW, was their champion until just recently when he lost it to Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose from Shield fame in WWE. But he has found a way over decades to just keep relevant, keep fresh. His matches are good. He's fantastic promo. Uh, I loved hearing him call Stephanie McMahon a bottle-fitting $2 trash bag hoe back in the day. It's like one of my favorite insults. And he just, he's got the body of a of a melting candle. Like, his, his body is just, it's not bad, but there's hardly any pecs. Like, he's just flat all the way down. 
and uh, will pick a fight with a grizzly bear. Oh yeah, well, well has no fear in him. None. Like, seems that's funny. a shoot. He uh he was in the movie I went and watched recently, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Was not expecting that cameo. Playing a clan member. Uh, was not fun. expecting that. Kevin Smith said that's his favorite thing in the movie, favorite reaction, because everybody cheers when all the other people pop up. And then you pull up and everybody's like, oh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, shit, we're cheering for the clan," And they have to stop. So he's like, it's the most wonderfully confusing fan reaction you can get. I marked out, though. Like, Oh, it's, it's great. It's so fucking good. I was not expecting he, that. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I think he does, but I think when people... He has a legit... I'm not saying he is... But I don't have an Instagram or any of that, so I don't give a fuck. If you don't like it, whatever. He he makes a really strong case of being the goat. He's in, yeah, he's in the he's, he's in the, in the he's in the sure. conversation. Well, I'll just put it to you like this: we're going to talk talk about him again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Jericho is a solid pick. You can't go wrong with Jericho. But like before our before our wedding, I wanted to get some kind of Jericho jacket, and I was I was. I was told not to do that. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> I was told not to do that. Oh, Cassie's got heat with me now. <laughs> because I wanted to go to the reception and be introduced wearing that jacket. And then I had another idea for me and my um, me and my groomsmen to come into the Four Horsemen music. Now I got That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But And Jericho, by the way, side note to this too. Uh, there you go. Back in high school. There's my woman. Oh, we'll get to her. Uh Back in like high school days and all that stuff, we hung out. I think I've mentioned it in an old episode here. There's a, it's not a big town, but we had a putt-putt and a blockbuster, and I worked at both, and we hung out at both. And it was there's a little front lawn in front of the putt-putt, and on Friday, Saturday nights, summertime, everything, we're out there every night. I mean, every night till like 2 o'clock in the morning. So we, a bunch of us were wrestling fans. We started the PBWF. Okay. The, the Putt-Buster Wrestling Federation. Putt-Buster. The Putt-Busters. How is that not a shirt? I don't know. But that's what we were, and so uh, since I came up with it, I was the champ, of course. I'm the heavyweight champ. Casey Ponder is the PBWF. So you were the Dusty Rhodes of your group. You booked yourself as champion. I did, booked myself as champ. Casey Ponder is the hardcore champion. By the way, these are all still valid titles 20 years later. Uh, Lineal champions. Yep, yep. TJ Carr is the All-American-American. TJ Carr, the United States champion. Uh, and we had two girls were our tag team, Karen Jones and Karen Kohler. We call them Team Y2K. Y2K because two are better than one, God damn it. And the- <laughs> oh, I was going to spit oh, a drink God damn out. it, I didn't want to fuck your apartment up. <laughs> I'm about to spit fucking energy drink all over the place. And, and Nasty Nicole was their manager. So, like, <laughs> we had a whole thing. And we would have matches out on the fucking front lawn and shit. And Casey was my mortal enemy. Like, I faced him more than anybody. And he never could beat me. And still is. He still is. Oh, I give him shit about it all the time. Like, we should revive this. Like, we should start a thing after WrestleMania every year. I've told him this. And we start cutting promos on each other for a year on Facebook. We can start now if you're listening. Yeah, if you Casey, listen to this. It's still on. Because Casey, be- our last match was a hardcore match. His fucking specialty, mind you. Now, I bring this up because Jericho was my persona. That's how I acted. I used his music. Where did y'all do this at? In the front lawn of Putt-Butt, like right out front on the grass. For real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. And I was just talking to a friend of ours, Sarah, who was just a hangout. She wasn't in the PBWF, but I put, there's a picture of me putting her in Jericho's finisher, the walls of Jericho out on the front lawn. And I remember her screaming and telling me it hurt. I was like, damn right. It hurts. Did you do full walls of Jericho? Oh or yeah. Line tamer. No, no, no. Line tamer, like knees on the back. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 Like that old school. Way cooler. Yeah. So I like, that's why I bring that's him up. Not, we that's did this. Stupid. And, uh, well, we're watching. I was just watching. Yeah. It's, it's all, yeah. Baszler wow. biting somebody. I was like, come on, man. But, uh, 
Jericho was my inspiration for it. So me and Casey would always give each other shit. And we had our last match was a hardcore match, and we're getting thrown headfirst into the Pepsi machine, and we're hitting each other with like putters and things like that. And jumping off the rails. Still employed. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I think, I don't remember if he did a suplex to me or if I did a suplex to him, but one of the two, we did a suplex, and the spot was we come down with our arms across each other, and the ref counts three, double pin. Okay. So at West, you're a wrestling rules aficionado. If it ends in a draw, who's the champion? You retain your belt. Thank you. There it is. You can only lose your belt by pen or submission. That's exactly right. And so I still introduce myself as the PBWF uh, heavyweight champion. So who was it? Who were you in the match with? Casey, the hardcore champion. Well, Casey, if you want your belt, you're going to have to come get it because... Bring it, you rock climbing bitch. Yeah. (laughs) He could probably kick my ass. No, he can't. I'm not going to say that. But (laughs) I would introduce myself still as the undefeated, undisputed, and he will be like, I dispute that. There's no disputing. If he didn't didn't pin you and and he didn't submit you... Got two words for you, Casey. Suck it. Yeah, he's still lineal champion. So sorry, I well, we can run thing. it back, and I'll and I'll 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 either be your manager or I'll ref it. I'll set it up right now. Ponder, I want your ass. Well, that sounds dirty. Just be legend. <laughs> what, what, what was the name of the federation? The PBWF. And what'd you call it? The Pup Buster Wrestling Federation. It'd be the Legend Series. Thank you. <laughs> Not to be confused with the CWF, that I was a member of first, the Camelot Wrestling Federation. Jesus Christ, I want this to happen. But that's now. another, that's another, well, that was legit bad matches. Like, like, we got hurt in those. And Casey could cut his promo after climbing a rock wall and be like out of breath and oh, stuff. Like King of the like, Mountain? Oh. Yeah, he's, he's like, I have one more thing I have to climb to the summit of, and that's to get my belt that I was wrongfully taken from me way back at Putt-Putt and all that. I don't know, whatever. You know what? Here's the other thing. I always put my belt on the line against all these schmucks. Not once did they put theirs on the line. So, Casey, if you want a piece, you're putting your belt on the line title for title. I, I want this to happen so bad. Let's do I, it. All right, so we're four now? Okay, yeah, we're not. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's why these, these episodes go long because of the rants, but that's, I didn't know anything about that. And did I you just, really not? I fucking didn't. And uh, now I was like, I, won't, I wish there was tape of this. Oh, shit. There's probably, well, it would have been really bad phone I tape in two But it would have made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my number four <laughs> is, and there's no getting around, this guy's got to be on the list. It's, uh huh. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, is my number four. And nobody can argue that one. Uh, no. it, w- what can be said about Macho Man that hadn't already been said? Like, he's a bigger icon now after he died than I think he was when he was actually active. Yeah. He transcended, got in the, the cultural zeitgeist from damn Slim Jim commercials mm. and Spider-Man roles and shit like that. Uh, I don't know what all I can go into about Macho Man, but... Go to whatever you want. He's like, he, he did everything right. Like, he did everything right. He could work his ass off. He looked good. Top, top three promo guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I believed he was a crazy person. <laughs> uh, I believed when he talked about Macho Madness, I believed him. But this... It, I, we, we say go look at this and go look at that. If you don't know who Macho Man is, then you're not listening to this to begin with. No, you know. Like, wrestling fan, non-wrestling fans know who Macho Man is. But if you have not watched his interviews on Arsenio Hall... Oh, yeah. I highly recommend you go... Talk to the especially the one where he's sitting next to Morgan Fairchild. Yes, and that one in particular might be one of the best interviews that's ever been done on a late night talk show because he comes dressed exactly like you think he's going to be dressed, wearing the belt. 
He's not carrying it like a cool kid. He's wearing the belt. Wearing it. Yes. And uh, it, I, I, I really don't have a lot that I can say other than he deserves to be on any list, anywhere, anytime. I'll, I love, we, we talk about him so much that, and I've, I've gone through a phase where I post a lot of just dumb Macho Man shit. But there's been a resurgence of him here lately with, since the invention of memes and gifs and, and uh, Facebook videos and shit like that. It's like, there's a new generation being introduced to the madness. Why couldn't he have popped up in Avengers Endgame? Technically, he's part of the Marvel Universe. I, Universe. I, I want him, I want some fan <coughs> to do that shit and make it like a, like there's a website called Where's Randy Savage? Mm-hmm. And some genius person, he quit doing it. I don't know why he quit, but some genius person would take a picture, an album cover, famous thing, whatever. And he would, some of them were obvious and some of them weren't. He would hide Randy Savage in them like Waldo. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's one of them with uh, Muhammad Ali knocking somebody out. And if you look in the crowd, it's Macho Man with two hands up (laughs) in the crowd, but it's not super obvious. He's a cultural icon. And I, I wish he didn't die because I, 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 I wish that guy made a rap album just to diss Hogan. Yeah. Like went through the effort of making a complete rap album just to diss Hulk Hogan. And then the irony of it, Hulk Hogan inducted him into the Hall of Fame. Well, they ended up, according to Hogan, they ended up making up. Bullshit they did. You don't think so? No, I don't. Really, I think he did. I think Hogan spends everything that he can to make himself the good guy. No, I don't think they made up. I think him and Warrior made up. Yeah, I think him. It's, I think Savage in his later years, because he thought out with WWE. He's already doing commercials for him. He's on the video game. He was he was making? I think he was getting over it. I think he's realized like I'm old. Shit's not as important. Like he had remarried uh, somebody. Like I don't remember her name. Wow. She died in the car wreck. Did she die in the car wreck too? I don't know. But he had a heart attack uh, driving his Jeep in Florida and ran into a tree, and that's what ended up killing the Macho Man. He should have been the mystery GM. <laughs> that would have been fun. He said, I just learned how to use a computer the other day, so I was sending emails. Typing things up, hitting the inner key. Didn't feel like being here, <laughs> but I'm here now. Like, I mean, Honestly, I, I can't really talk that much about him because I've, I've said so much shit in the past two months just around Randy Savage. I'm... I'm kind of Randy Savage out, but he's got to be on the fucking list. Couldn't remember the beef stick I used to promote, so I typed in beef stick in my Google machine. Hit search and images and bad idea, brother. Yeah. But some... Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. What what would pull up if you put... Oh, gee. Yeah, throw that Google machines, kid. Beef stick. Yeah, make sure your parents are around when you do it. Hit images. Dude, I'm curious. Go ahead. No. Go ahead and give me your number you four. Have... Oh, you're looking it up. I'm going to see what pops up. Go ahead and give me your number four. <laughs> I'll tell you what pops up. Just beef, beef stick. stick? Just beef stick. Just Yeah, sure. It's going to be like a Slim Jim. There's no way beef it's going to be. Let's see. I bet there's going to be something dirty eventually, but the first few have got to be regular like beef sticks. It's, it's, it's beef stick. It's uh, Jack Lang's. How far do you have to scroll before you see something remotely pornographic? Damn, you're scrolling a lot. How about you, Internet? Look at you. Look at you. Look at Beef we, stick. We fucking judged you. You're all right, Google. Oh, well, how about you, Google? But you throw that in Duck Duck Go, it'll show you. Some okay. <laughs> Continue. Okay, so my number four, uh, and I'm we're counting backwards. And I, Wes is a professional and wrote his shit down. I'm trying to go by memory, and I can remember one. So I'm having to go down from the top. Let's see. Huh? Huh? 
and then Okay. Uh, number <laughs> number four is uh. Well, did you find one? Yeah, it's this. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, the internet's not as bad as we thought <laughs> for beef stick. That's the one place where they. Do you think it. that if there's any much of if there's ever a gimme on the internet, it would be beef stick. All right, so number four on my list is definitely in in the conversation of greatest of all time. Again, so far, all of our picks have all been Hall of Famers, and this one is as well. Um, Again, this is just a personal thing, and I love this guy, and I think he is Mount Rushmore worthy, uh, and he's my number four. So, with that being said, Austin316 says, I just whipped your ass. Stone Cold Steve Austin is still the man to me. Like, I think he's just... Awesome. I love everything about him. I loved him when he came in. I didn't know squat about his WCW days with the Hollywood Blondes and Stunning Steve and all this. I saw him as the ringmaster with Ted DiBiase, which wasn't a great gimmick, but I wasn't anti it because he had the cool million-dollar belt, which I think is an underappreciated belt. Doing this for some reason, a weird <laughs> thing. You used to, yeah, like he was going to the back for help. He's hurt and everything. Yeah, it was, he grabbed his wrist for some, I don't know. But they stuck him with the million-dollar man who could talk his ass off, but they didn't let Austin, and they just, I don't guess they knew, even though he'd cut promos in ECW when he couldn't work his hurt when he got fired from WCW and proved he could talk, but they stuck him with him. Just wasn't working. He finally got, got the ball and ran with it, and it took over like, in high school, that's what you saw was Austin 316 shirts everywhere. Like, wrestling hit a new boom. People were talking about it. It wasn't all like, oh, wrestling's stupid. People talked about it. He was on covers of magazines, on Sports Illustrated, on TV Guide, on uh, Entertainment Weekly. Like, he hit everywhere. He hit all the things. And then, all, it, just basic, black trunks, black boots, bald guy, knee brace. That's it. But he did things the best. that we didn't see. Yeah, the best. You didn't see anybody else talking like him because he'd come out. He's flipping off Vince McMahon, the owner, the boss, which everybody wanted to do at some point in their life. Still do sometimes. And then kicking him in the balls, giving him a stunner, whatever it is. And he's flipping off and he's saying, oh, hell yeah, I'd kiss my ass. And that's the bottom line, you stupid son of a bitch. All this stuff. And when you're 14 or 15 in like 1997, it, that's the coolest thing in the world. And it just, it was, I loved it. And to this day, I still have an affinity for Stone Cold. He's going to be on Raw. Uh, on Austin Day, three sixteen, March sixteenth, is a Monday night. He's going to be back on Raw, and uh, I'm Tim sure Buck he'll stun somebody. AT, ATV and included in there. Oh somewhere. my God, he drove so much shit to the ring, dude. He he drove an eighteen wheeler like through the Titan Tron, like raised it up to where I was like, that's going to fall and kill the crowd. Beer truck got up on it. Uh, Zambonis, ATVs, monster trucks, limousines, trucks. Like he got to drive so much shit. The cement truck. Mm. He filled Vince's Corvette up with cement, busted that up. He did so much stuff, and it was so much fun. And then the the injury happened where Owen Hart uh, broke his neck with an accident, but it changed his it's course hard a little to watch. bit. It is, because, I mean, it wasn't even close. It was His head was poking out. And uh, and he still came back from it and had a hell of a career, a hellacious run, headlined three WrestleManias against The Rock. And his last one, nobody except him and Jim Ross, and I guess Vince probably knew that was it at the time and he never got that last match that we all knew so we could all say hey see you Steve thanks all that Hall of Fame was great uh, but everybody talked about man it'd be great if he could have one more match mm-hmm. one more match and he looks like he's in damn good shape and he's kind of talked more about it lately about seeing these guys come back for a match and he goes I think I could do it at least once and I'm like there it is you just gotta uh, find the right thing for him Jesus man don't tease us with that shit I think it's gonna happen 
It, uh, I, not this year, but I, I could see it happening next year WrestleMania. Okay, and then they break every record. Oh, they would. They break every record. If that dude comes back and does one match at Mania, everybody's going to watch that shit. If he does that, do you put him with a younger guy and let yes. him go over, or do you put him legend against legend? No, I put him with a younger guy that could carry him, because there's no way he's going to be oh, on no. par of his prime. You put him with a younger guy that I'm not saying super young. I'm saying somebody that, that can can have a match with a broomstick. Yeah, and needs it, and needs like a little bit of help, like to help their. Profile and stock rise a little bit. Can't think one off the top of my head. Like years ago, I would have said punk all day. Oh, that would have been super. That was I would have said punk all day. I'm still not ruling that one out, by the way. It would have been the straight edge guy versus the beer swilling redneck. I've still not ruled that one out. Because the other guy uh, has not ruled that out completely. He's hinted at things. So Austin, Stone Cold, uh, that's my guy at number four. All right, well, we'll continue that, because my number three is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, hell yeah. Well, what I, that's the reason why I was just keeping my comments to a minimum, <laughs> because I was I was about to go back into them again. Stone Cold was the first guy. So, like, if you were growing up and you were a wrestling kid, when you're in elementary school, you could talk about your friends all day because it was cool. Middle school, you could kind of. High school, you couldn't talk about wrestling. Then Stone Cold comes ar- around, and now it's cool. It's kind of like how... Comic book movies are cool now. So, mm. oh, yeah, it's okay to read comic books. It's, and People won't make fun of you. But back then, you couldn't talk about wrestling with everybody because people, like they will now, they'll look at you like, seriously, you still watch that? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yep. Um, you know it's fake, right? And I'm like, I'm not having this conversation with anybody again. I'm just not. I'm not doing it again. You and, know I don't have to be your friend. Yeah, I don't have to be your fucking friend. But... <laughs> It, like, if you can't look at these guys and say they're the toughest motherfuckers walking the face of this earth, you're crazy. You're fucking crazy. But Stone Cold was the first guy that it was cool to watch wrestling. It was cool to tune, tune in. You tuned in every Monday to see what was going to happen. You know, like, and you were talking about him and Vince McMahon. It's like, the older you get, the more you identify with the crazy motherfucker because you're like, he's doing everything you wish you could do. Mm. He's doing everything you wish you could get away with. And, um, but uh, there was something I was going to, I was going to, I was going to put in there about, about Austin, but it, it, oh, my dad, it was a story with my dad. My dad hated him, hated his guts. Cause, Why? Well, you see, you've got the standees in your apartment. I had a, the life-size Stone Cold one because mm-hmm. I was such a fan. I just wanted something. I got a life-size one and, and, and whatever. My dad hated him because <laughs> my dad didn't understand that they were characters. And even if he understood that there were characters, he said, why is your favorite guy a thug? Why is your favorite guy a thug? Why do you look up to a thug? And I would explain, I was like, Dad, he's playing a character. He's just blah, blah, blah. And then you remember the show Punked? Mm-hmm. Stone Cold was on Punked. And the, the skit was, well, it wasn't a skit, but the setup was that the, a valet was parking his car. The valet's boss gave him shit, fired him in front of Stone Cold, and was trying to be cocky about it. My dad watched that and then came back to me and goes, you know what, that Stone Cold guy, he's all right. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? I told you he was playing a character the whole time. But uh, a big part of that, that was, that was my entire high school run was Stone Cold related. Dude, here in the South, like we're Bible Belt, and Austin 316 did not go over well with a lot oh, of Oh, hell no. They can get the fuck over it. They banned those shirts from like, Southside. They banned those. I still wore mine. They never told me to take mine off. Yeah, those banned, of course, the DX Suck It shirts, which I, yeah. I'm like, I get that. 
Austin one, I'm like, come on, really? But Austin 316 was one that it took some people some time to find, like, all right, I guess it's okay. I know. I mean, I was wearing one when it first happened, and I was never told to take it off. Like, now, there was an Austin shirt I had I wore in the mall and got told to leave the mall because it said whoop-ass on the back of it. God forbid, see what you can buy at Spencer's now, and now now whoop-ass is a bad thing. I think, I'm trying to, I've had two Stone Cold shirts that I've, I've had, I think my first one I bought at Trade Day. Uh, it was, oh, yeah, bootlegged. It was the SCU Class of 316 uh, whoop-ass shirt, whatever, on the back. And I thought I was, the, and, I mean, I'm like 150 pounds at that point. And you're doing the walk and everything, aren't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad would call me out on it, too. Be like, you know you're walking like him. I'm like, I'm a bad motherfucker, Dad. No, I didn't. I just like, no, I'm not. But I know I did. I know I did. I still catch myself doing it. Sometimes, like if I'm in Walmart or if I'm in the grocery store and I'm down a long aisle, I don't remember what match it was. I think it was WrestleMania 12, him and Brett, and it shows that you're looking down the hallway and you see him walk around the corner, walking to the ring. And just the way he turns and walks, like... Not on purpose. Yeah. And in my head, it has stuck. And I do it. And I not do it on purpose. Like, oh, here's a good hallway. I can do it. But I catch myself. Snap the neck and all that stuff when you turn. Yeah. Look around. I'm like, God damn it. Stop doing that. But it was so damn cool that it still it resonated in my head then and has stayed there all these years. I, lo- I love him. He's on my list of people, not just because of his gimmick, but there's me and TJ talk about all the time, there's a list of people that I'd like to just have a beer with. He's one of those guys. You'll have a couple. Yeah, you'd have a couple of... You'll uh, pop one open for the working man. From El Segundo Brewing Company, Stone Cold IPAs. Uh, but yeah, and then him and Bret Hart having that match at 13 that is just top... Anybody's top three, it has to be in there. Yeah, it's in mine. The, the, Ho- the Hogan-Rock match from 18 is what topped that one for my favorite. I don't think it's as good of a match, but it topped it as far as the way I felt watching it. But Ho- uh, Brett and Austin at WrestleMania 13? Yeah, it was 13. And you know why both of them are good? Because they both tell a story that's not hard to follow. And and they're very clear on what they're trying to do as they're telling the story. But that's my number three, so yeah, that we... We uh, kind of screw up. We're doubling up on people. I yeah. mean, it's hard to avoid it though with some of them. It's you know? really hard. So you're you're third. Okay, my third one, uh, number three all time, uh, has only been recently surpassed in number of shirts I've owned. Up until recently, I had more of his shirts than I did anybody else. CM Punk. Okay, there you go. I loved CM Punk, and I hated him when he first popped on the scene. Like, that was when WWE was still, they had bought and were trying to promote, like, they still had ECW, which it wasn't, but they showed it on TV and called it ECW, and he was in there, and he had the long hair and all the tattoos and all this, and I was like, who is this punk? Which, oddly enough, was his wrestling name. But I I hated him. I fucking hated him like that. And then he got on the main roster, and I was like, this greasy piece of shit. Like, I, I did. I don't know. I just hated him, and I wanted him off my TV. Although he was good, I just didn't like him. And then all of a sudden, it just, everything turned. And I don't even remember the exact turning point of it. I don't remember what feud it was. I don't remember if it was just getting as simple straight as getting a haircut. It was, it was a little bit before the Straight Edge Society okay. even. But I just, I started liking him. And I started digging him a lot. And then as his character evolved into this kind of, well, he called himself the voice of the voiceless. He was supposed to be speaking up for the fans. And he just had this look and the way he carried himself. And all of a sudden, you knew that he wasn't the traditional champion with all the tattoos and stuff. But he got it. He didn't keep it long the first couple times. But, you know, he had his moments. And then all of a sudden, 
you go into this feud where in real life his contract was going to be coming up and people knew it and he had started on TV dis, uh, voicing his displeasure is what I'm wanting to say with the company and he did the infamous pipe bomb promo that, I mean, that was, I'm already late 20s or early 30s? Like, I'm grown up. I know how all this works. It's 2011. Was it 11? Yeah. Okay. And I'm just going... This seems so real. Like, I know it's not, but damn it. Like, how is he getting to say this? Maybe it is. Maybe he's like, screw it, I'm out of here. I'm just going to say some shit. They cut his mic off to help it look even better, and that's that's just like sent him to another level. And then uh, leading up to it, he was going to get a match at Money in the Bank that mm-hmm. was in Chicago, his hometown. You talk about a pop. Against John Cena. And that's the loudest pop I've ever heard. And that match I love because of how into it the crowd is. And you've never, John Cena. You saying booed. they had a favorite? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, John Cena was getting booed at the time here and there because people were kind of sick of him, but he wasn't getting hated on like this. This crowd shit all over him. And Punk won the belt, and his contract. A hell of a match, too. He actually re signed his contract in the hallway on a box right before the match. He walked out. Like, yeah, up that- to that point, he still didn't have a, a new contract. So he left with the belt. He won the championship that night. They said his contract expired at midnight. He's done. And then he didn't show up for like three or four months. He's showing up at Comic-Cons with it. They yeah. even had like a tournament to, to uh, poor Ray crown a new champion. Yeah, poor Ray Mysterio. <laughs> poor Ray Mysterio. We'll give it to you for a day. And then Cena beat him, and Cena's the champ. And then, oh, here comes CM Punk out with the cult of personality uh, music. One of the best shirts in the history oh, of the business. best in the world shirt. Like, just fucking great. And that, like, I was hooked. I loved him. His- Sorry. So this, uh, I told you the wonderful thing of this Anchor app that we record on. And I do love it. uh, But it only allows you to record an hour at a time segment wise. And I was keeping an eye on it. And then I got so into talking about CM Punk, I took my off of it. And we recorded a few minutes that didn't make it. But it was essentially me wrapping up what you just heard about CM Punk about how much uh, I loved him, how much I loved his work in the ring. It's fantastic. His promo skills were, were out of this world. He had a look that was different. It wasn't like any other champion you'd really seen before. I know my dad hated him because my dad said he looks like a greasy Waffle House cook. That's that's my dad's impression. You of said CM that Punk. before Nash. Uh, yeah, and so Nash said that. Yeah, and that's exactly. And my dad didn't know Nash said that, but that's exactly what my dad said. Like <laughs> greasy gas station attendant slash Waffle House cook, or Casey Jones, or Casey Jones. Oh, he'd make a great one. That's a great casting thing. So CM Punk. Uh, that's why he's my number three. And yeah, we got cut off because we were talking about the the, the Windy City Savior, the voice of the voiceless. And that's, that was my guy I was going to put at number five, but I figured it'd get brought up, so I put Hogan in there. But, yeah, he's the guy that and, – and we were saying this and it got cut off, but he got me back into wrestling. Um, long story short, a friend of mine said, you know, they're going to have Mania at, at the Georgia Dome. It's a 2011 because we're going. I was like, goddamn right we're going. And so you got to get caught back up on the product, see what's going on. And I kept hearing about Punk. So he was the main guy that I watched when I started watching it again. Go to Mania. Mania was, even though I was a weak Mania, that shows you how good Mania is. Is that that was a weak one, and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. And um, this Taker and uh, Triple H alone was worth the damn ticket. Is that the one in the cage with Michael's referee, or was no. that the year before? That was the year before. That was the, yeah. No, the, no, no. The one you went to was the year before. I mean, the cage was the next year. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the one in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but it was. It was still, that was a fantastic match. Oh, that, that card was great, man. They, they, we'll, get, we'll get to some of this shit. But um, but Punk, 
then he when he was talking about the pipe bomb, when he dropped the pipe bomb, I remember watching it, and that was the first time in I don't know how long since I was a kid that you're sitting there questioning yourself, going, "Is that real? Is this is it a work or is it a shoot? Is is it real?" And you're questioning for, and to this day, you don't know if they're lying to you when they said that they gave him the mic. They said air your grievances, and then supposedly he went too far about the bully, uh, the bully program, calling Vince McMahon a bully, and they cut his mic off. You don't know how much of it actually is real. That shows you how good it was. Um, the dude could talk his. He, the only thing he ever did wrong is he should have never fought in MMA. Um, I pulled for him so bad. I wanted him to win so bad, but he was so bad at it. He wasn't good at it. You're the best wrestler in the world. You're the best talker in the world, and then you wanted to go fight MMA. Who were his two fights against? Uh, Mickey Dolan's was one. Mickey Gall, Gall. And then the other one was another guy that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, but, yeah, I want, like I knew he would get brought up, so that's why I switched my number five. But Punk, goddamn, when, when he said he was the best in the world, at that time he really was. Because he was the whole damn package. He was unique as shit. He stood out from the crowd. He could talk his ass off. He could put on a match with anybody. Um, just him talking shit to Triple H and Kevin Nash is worth your while. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that, your number three. That He has to be on this list. Yeah. He. We won't say Mount Rushmore, but for his generation, oh. yes. Um, so, what, we're at two? Yep, you're number two now. My number two is no shocker to anybody that's got a brain, but it's the nature boy. Woo! Ric Flair. You could argue the greatest of all time. You could argue it all day long, and nobody, I don't think you're going to get a lot of people bitching and moaning about it. If By my scale, he's the closest one to a perfect. Like, my scale, his look, 10. With the robe, the presentation, especially in the late 80s when... And he was like his prime. His hair was some of the greatest hair that's ever been on a, on a man's head since hair was invented. Like <laughs> 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 this, this a fucking this, just a great look. One of the all time looks. Um, could work his ass off in the ring. Could sell like nobody else could sell. The dirtiest player in the game would cheat his ass off, but you loved him for it. Um, promos. 10. So 10 look, 10 work rate, 10 promos, and 10 believability because the motherfucker did that shit. Well, dude, that's perfect score then. Well, I gave him a, uh, take it back, I gave him a 9 believability. Oh, son of a bitch. He's not quite perfect, but he did live the gimmick. He did. He went bankrupt how many times? He went through how many marriages? Went through all because he lived the fucking gimmick and just knocked it out of the damn park every time. People quote his promos to this day. This day, they quote his promos and just it's phenomenal. Like you, you cannot watch him and not be entertained. No, and he's like you talked about with Macho Man earlier. He's more culturally known now than he was in his heyday wrestling. Like, well, like Rogan did that. Rogan did that at the show we went to, and he, he's done other places. We saw Rogan live, and Rogan goes, "If I say Ric Flair and puts the mic out, and everybody goes, woo." I mean, so that's. It's in it's in the cultural. You got the Ric Flair drip. You got a rap song out of it. He does commercials for shit. Like he's he's everywhere. He's on Cameo. You know what Cameo is? Yeah, five hundred bucks and he'll talk to you. Hundred dollars, you can get Ric Flair to say whatever the fuck you want. Does yeah, and he'll do it. 
Woo! It's just like just him talking. Like I remember showing to a guy I used to work with. I said, "You want to show? I want. I will sum up how great Ric Flair is." And it was when he's trying. He's it's him on WCW. He's talking to Mean Gene. And he's trying to get Bischoff to come out, and he proceeds to take <laughs> all of his clothes off. Mm-hmm. And now, now he's down to he's throwing his shoes in the crowd too. By the way, possibly hitting people, but he's throwing his alligators in the fucking crowd, taking his shirt off, dropping elbows on his jacket. He's down to his boxer shorts, his socks, no shoes, and he handcuffs himself to the rope. It said, Bischoff, if you're not here after the break, I'm going to be naked. <laughs> that sums up Ric Flair right there. It, it, it Borderline crazy person, but entertaining. Like He's entertaining to watch him wrestle, and he's entertaining just to listen to him. His 30 for 30 might be number one or number two best 30 for 30s ever. It's great. It's great. It's yeah. that or broke. Like those are the two thirty for thirties that stick out to me. But the Ric Flair thirty for thirty is fucking great. He is. Um, I was never a Ric Flair fan in WCW because I didn't watch it back then. So I was, I was. I knew about him. That's one. Even if you didn't watch it, you knew who the hell Ric Flair was. But I got to appreciate him more in his later years, and then being able to go back thanks to the WWE Network available for nine ninety nine a month. Right now, they're going to tear that up apparently and start going main pay per views on ESPN Plus. But it's a whole. Oh, and they're, they're fucking up. Bunch of horse shit they're there. They're fucking up. Uh, but anyway, uh, but Ric Flair to me is the greatest of all time. Um, even though I was a Hulkamaniac, Hogan was entertaining, but Hogan didn't have the matches Flair had. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Hogan was kind of kid like cartoony superhero stuff. And then. Uh, Probably the best wrestler ever, Hogan was at being. We didn't talk about that being a baby face and making a heel turn that nobody saw coming, and being just as good a heel as he was a baby face. He's the only one that could pull that off. Flair was baby face, and he didn't like being baby face, but he became so universally loved and respected that everybody just loved him any damn way. He's like, the first anti. He was the first Austin. Yeah, he was the first anti-hero. You weren't supposed to cheer for him. No, but the Horsemen were so damn cool. After a while, they were the cool heels, and that's that's it. And Ric Flair, everybody wanted to be him. The girls wanted to be with him. The guys wanted to be him. Space Mountain, oldest ride, longest line. Woo! And what did he say? He said, uh, he said uh, one thing, somebody just filming him at a bar. And this shows you how his mind works. And he's talking about Space Mountain. And I'm going to screw it up because it's, I just remembered it. But um, he goes, uh, Space Mountain, uh, ladies... You can't be first, but you can be next. <laughs> and he's just, and I'm, I'm shortening it. I'm butchering the fuck out of whatever. But he just did that on some guy's cell phone at a bar. Great line. And uh, but then then we'll stop a promo and say, "Shut up, fat boy." And just shit like that. It's like you're not supposed to cheer for this guy, but he's so fucking good. And you talk about the network when the network first come out, and you're going back and watching the old, the old TBS, mm-hmm. uh, WCW shit, and certain guys you watch. And you're like, God damn, he was good. And I'm just mentioning him just for going back and looking at the shit when you were a kid. Arn Anderson was fucking good. Yeah. You didn't appreciate him when you were a kid. But you go back and watch like the flare matches and Arn Anderson's and, and, and the guys like that and Steamboat. And, and you're like, God damn, they were fucking good. But no, like Ric Flair was the realistic champion. Yeah. Hogan was the rock and wrestling cartoon champion. They were, they were completely different. Nobody knew a Hulk Hogan in real life, but everybody knew a Ric Flair. Most of the time, you hated him. 
Yes. Yeah. But when they when he says he lived the gimmick, he fucking lived the gimmick, man. The dude went through bankruptcy. I don't know how many goddamn times he lived the fucking gimmick, and still doing it now, like still doing it now. Like it, there's not anything else I can say about Ric Flair that hadn't already been said. But that's my number two. Yeah, I would say he's 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 on my on the who I think historically everybody should have on their Mount Rushmore easily. Uh, so that's a very good number two, and it's gonna it's gonna make mine look kind of weak. But I don't care. This is a personal list. And the person I talked about earlier was CM Punk. I said, he had the record for most shirts I owned until this person came along. Oh. So you had a tag team on your list. Mm -hmm. And that's the only tag team, I think. Unless your number one's a tag team, and I doubt that. Uh, As bad as I know you want to throw Furnace and LaFon on it. It's Midnight Express. (laughs) Goddamn. Goddamn. (laughs) But, uh. (laughs) Midnight Express. no more tag teams because I don't have a tag team. We got a house twenty five thousand back then. But my next one is not a man. However, she is the man. See what I did there? Huh? Yeah. Becky Lynch. Holy shit! I'm in love with this woman. I would marry her. T- I don't know her in person. Never met her. Never met her. But if she just came up, she's like married me right now. I'd be like, yes, ma'am. I will be. I'll, you're the man. I'll be your lady. That's fine with me. I'm in love with her on the scale of. I think she's gorgeous. But uh, she is part of, or was part, I guess she still is, uh, NXT people, if you don't know. And again, if you've stuck around this long in this wrestling one, you know what the hell NXT is. It was kind of the training ground and the developmental league, minor leagues of WWE. Now they're trying to run it as equal. And to be honest with you, their shows are better than Raw or SmackDown. The actual wrestling. actual wrestling is great. Uh, And it has been for a long time. And so there was a group of four women, uh, Becky Lynch, my number two. Charlotte Flair of the Flair family, who is fucking phenomenal. Sasha Banks, who is great. And Bailey, who is the, the underappreciated one, but is fantastic as well. All four of them are great. And so they started calling themselves the Four Horsewomen because that's what they were. They all stuck together in NXT coming up. They had fantastic matches with each other. And so finally, oh, there she is on TV right there. Uh, finally, they get caught up to the main roster. Not all of them. Bailey still stuck around NXT for a little bit, but you brought three up, and it was Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky. And right off the bat, Becky's entrance music hit. She came out, and I didn't know her from NXT. Mm-hmm. I knew she was in NXT, but I didn't watch NXT then. I just knew of her. So that music hit, and she was doing a steampunk-looking gimmick. She had the goggles on. She came out. That's like blazing orange hair, rocking out, throwing up the rock and roll signs. There's... Uh, Smoke pyro, all this stuff. It was steam, is what it was. Mm. Just loved it. And I was like, this chick is cool as hell. I dig it. And I thought she was pretty then. And I'm like, I like her. And I like the other ones, but she stood out to me. And then as the year went on, uh, she was kind of the, the least thought about one. In NXT, Bailey was the women's champion, was getting a ton of, of publicity and push there. And you could tell she was about to make her main roster. Charlotte. Female John Cena. Yeah, had won the, the women's title. Like six times in a month. Uh, she just won it just now and lost it again. Yeah, while we're talking, she's lost it. <laughs> won and lost it. And got divorced again. And Sasha Banks was winning it from her because they were having some back and forth matches that were actually really good. But Becky Did was kind of. Did she actually just lose it? Yeah, no. Okay. I was making yeah. a joke, but it could happen. Uh, it, could, it could. But uh, Becky was kind of the afterthought. And I like I loved her. And I was telling people then, I'm like, I know she's the least talked about one, but she, I think, is the best one. And she was a goody goody. Like, oh, shucks, and she was she was like female Sting. Uh, Sting would get turned on yeah. by everybody, and Becky would too. She'd trust Charlotte, and Charlotte would turn Dude, on her every you're right. time. You're absolutely and she's right. like, oh, gosh, you know, God, gee, Willikers. Got cheeseburgers. And it's one of those deals where, like, 
you're frustrated. Her fans, and she had a lot of fans, were frustrated with her. But at the same time, you love her so much, you're like, just have enough. Like, fucking lose your shit. And so at SummerSlam, a year before last, her and Charlotte, which Charlotte had been hurt and came back in and worked herself into a women's championship match. And everybody booed it because, and wasn't fault of Charlotte's. Like, they put her in that spot. Boo. And she lost. Becky lost at SummerSlam to her, and Charlotte won, beat, uh, was it those two against Carmella, I think? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It was Carmella. And the crowd was like, oh, because everybody wanted Becky to win this thing. And Becky's doing the whole head down, like, yeah, and she's getting up, and she hugs Charlotte. And the crowd's like, come on, really? You're going to let her get away with this shit again? And then she hit her. And that's one of the best pops. It was the best pop of that SummerSlam by far but one of the best ones I've ever heard, and she wore her out. And then the fun thing was the next night on Raw, they tried to make her into a heel. She came out to how the crowd was never behind her, which was so full of shit. And the crowd was cheering for her the whole time, and it was so overwhelming that they had to scrap it. They're like, she can't be bad. We're trying it, and they, the fans will not let this happen. They've mm-hmm. hijacked her. They're, mm-hmm. She's their person. And so all of a sudden, she just took on this role of, She's out to, she's tired. She's, she's doing it for herself and all this. And then she finally just said, I'm the man and shit that took off. And that's been her persona for the better part of a year. And she goes in last year to WrestleMania as the first one, well, with two others, but the first ever woman to headline a WrestleMania main event of the night, her versus Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the WWE women's championship, both belts, Raw and SmackDown championships. And she wins. And I like, you know, to watch that, again, I'm a grown-ass man. I know this sounds stupid. But to pull for somebody that was so kind of meh for a while and people were down on her and just going, I'm telling you, to stick with somebody and then prove you right and you're just so happy for them and you're happy that you're like, I fucking told you. Oh, I've been such a huge fan. Her promos are fantastic. This this new swagger she's got with the man character, she comes out. It's fucking great. She's just badass. She's kind of like a female Stone Cold it's in a way. Great. Well, this, that if you mix Stone Cold with Conor McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, she's got swag to her. She's got confidence. Her matches are good. She likes to put shit in. She talks trash. She looks fantastic. Like, just, she's she's the total package, not Lex Luger that kills people, but just. Allegedly. Awesome. Allegedly. Miss uh, Elizabeth. But Becky Lynch, so female. Hey, it's International Woman's Day was today. So. Yeah. She's my number two. By the way, uh, before we celebrate International Woman's Day, just remember all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park were female, and we all know how that turned out. Throwing that up, yeah, like one of the best characters in movie history was a, was a female T Rex. Um, so Becky's my number two. I'm sorry, I wax poetically, but I'm in love with that woman. And there's no reason not to be. I would drink um, her bath water, Wes. You can go too far. Uh, you, there's 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 lines here, and there's they can be crossed. But I'm not I'm not going to judge you. It's a judge, judgment free zone. But the thing with Becky Lynch is. Okay, where where she turned, what you left out, is my favorite thing that Becky ever did. She turned when she beat up Charlotte, and everybody wanted her to do it, so they popped like crazy, right? Mm. It was at that Battle Royal. Was it at the Royal Rumble or the Battle Royal where she got punched in the face? Oh, that was, no, that was uh, going into Survivor Series. It was okay. the, the it was, Monday before Survivor Series. It was a Battle Royal. So, Nia Jax... No, it was a takeover. They just showed up and started beating them up. It wasn't it okay. was and invaded Raw. Okay, night. so I'm messing all that up. All I know is the end result. Nia Jax yeah. shows up, hits her like a legit punch in the face that oh. God bless her for taking. It took it like a champ, too, because Nia Jax is 
I said it knocked her out for a second. It had to have, man, because she's, Nijax is bigger than either one of us. Mm. And it's notorious for hurting people. And you can put makeup on her all you want, but you're not polishing that turd. Pops back in the face, gets up, and if you watch it, and they replayed it in black and white, because God forbid the WWE show blood, she gets it on her hand, sees that she's bleeding like crazy, flicks it in the crowd, and then winds up using it, goes into the crowd, and smirks at the at the ring with a bloody face, bloody nose, broken nose, all that, and she's smirking. They made a T-shirt oh, out of it. got up out of that, though, in the ring before she got in the crowd and beat the shit out of her with a chair. Like, just lay yes. to Ronda Rousey with a chair, and she, bleeding and everything. And then, yeah, after that, then she goes up there and does the smirk, and I was like, y- you got me there. Oh, that's where she, that's where it took off her, that's, too, was just, that was the Stone Cold moment, really I am, was. You're yeah, right. that was her, that was her Austin 316, Jake Roberts m- moment. It was, that <sighs> was that, because I was like, okay, I liked you before, and now I'm a fan. And then she took it and just ran with it. And uh, so you're talking about they, they headlined last year, her, Rhonda, and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And they deserved it. Yeah, She was the most over performer in that company last year, was a female wrestler from Ireland that the production crew could not stand to hear her talk. Love it. Keep that in mind. They hated her to do promos because they hated her voice behind the scenes and now she is the most she is more over than Seth Rollins oh <laughs> yeah ask JR he'll tell and, you and she's still pushing it because like what was last week she showed up with a fur coat and a crown and <laughs> the glasses look like a combination of Flavor Flav and Jerry the King Lawler and, up there and just but it worked ran her mouth like a heel would honestly it was more of a heel like she's thing. so fucking it's good just, it's just god damn it I love her she's so, well she's easy to like because she is pretty, but she can work her ass off yeah. and she figured out something that worked and it hasn't been running to the ground yet. Dude, it does did it so well. Flair tried to sue her for the term the man. That's when you know you're working right there when Flair's filing lawsuits. And how about this? In the in the land of nobody has long title reigns anymore. She won this Raw and SmackDown women's championship at WrestleMania last year. She ended up losing the SmackDown championship at the Rumble which would have been seven months later, seven or eight months later, I think, to Asuka. Yeah, Asuka, I don't think it's appreciated like she she should. But she's still the Raw Women's Champion, and we're coming up on a year with that belt. That doesn't happen anymore. But she's the... I don't know about now because I've fallen off, but she's still in the top three of most over. Oh, yeah. In, In WWE, and for that to be... To show you where the women's division has come, from being freaking bikini contest to being the main event of WrestleMania, and the the girls they got now are fucking good. Yeah, they well, got some of them, most of them. Like the Bella Twins are going in the Hall of Fame. Uh, eh, you can sleep your way to the top, I guess. Uh, but they're not talented. <laughs> they're 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 hot, and that's about it. They're not talented. I'll say it. And like, if there's a comment section. Coming to me any damn it, it descended to Josh, and then right. I'll laugh at you because you're fucking stupid. If you defend the Bellas, then, yeah, you just... Hey, what? tweet the Bella Twins and tell them Wes Nail said, and they can't find them, so they can't really respond. Like, I just yeah, want to see that Some pop random guy from Alabama, they're going to get upset by that, but... <laughs> I think... I have a feeling ass. we got the same number one. Do you? My number one is The Undertaker. Ah, uh, well... 
We do. Yeah, so I figured <laughs> I figured we had the same number one. We'll I'm not just combine our number one then. And I'm not changing. That's one thing. I would change my number five, but I'm not changing my number one. No. Because I've said it for a minute that it's between him and Flair to who's the greatest of all time. Because when I think of a pro wrestler in my head, Undertaker checks every box. He's the greatest gimmick in the history of wrestling. Yes. A gimmick that shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have lasted longer than a year. It should have been the perfect man for the perfect gimmick that lived it, that fucking believed it, that a a genius wrestler that that the the uninitiated don't understand how good he was at at, at psychology, at when to do that. My favorite match of all time is... 20, WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. It's my favorite match of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a master class in what this is. You got the, the, the guy that doesn't lose versus the guy that steals the show. And then they just put on a fucking masterpiece of a goddamn... Uh, if it happened in the, in, in the Tokyo Dome... Meltzer would have gave it seven stars. Like it's it's that. It I was think that, he gave it five. He would have gave it seven if it was in sure. Japan. But um, Undertaker, he's like he looks like I remember as a kid going, he might be dead. Yeah, he might be dead. He might. He's, he's not. None of nothing affects him. They're hitting him with everything. I bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, I did too. He looked fucking phenomenal. His his promos aren't the best, but they fit the character. They they fit him. Um, the best big man worker of all time. I don't think that's a question. No. I don't think, I mean, he revolutionized how big guys are in the room. I mean, he was athletic. He would throw himself over the top rope, do a dive bomb onto somebody. He would walk the top top rope. I mean, he was put on matches that he had no business being that good at. And believability, I believed every bit of it. Yeah. I believed I believe that he was the dead man. I believed he was the American badass. I believe that he was the guy in the back that show you how badass that, that Mark Calloway, the undertaker is, is that before shit went to Vince, he ran wrestlers court in the back. And for people that don't know wrestlers court was, if you had a beef, you had a disagreement, something happened between the boys uh, before you take it to Vince, you kind of would do wrestler's court, and then Undertaker would decide what the verdict would be, so what what your penalty would be, what you need to do, what you, you know, whatever. That's how much respect that motherfucker had. As the legend goes is that at WrestleMania 14, when Shawn Michaels was supposed to give up the belt to, to Stone Cold with the infamous Mike Tyson as the, as the impartial referee, that Shawn Michaels was so hard to deal with back then that the, the the urban legend is that Taker wrapped his fists up, sat in gorilla, back back in the back where they before they come out on the stage it's called grill position, sat back there watched the monitor and when the match was over he started taking the tape off his wrists mm-hmm. and off of his fists because he was going to beat the shit out of supposedly was going to beat the shit out of DX not just Shawn Michaels <laughs> but Triple H too if he didn't do the right thing and and put Stone Cold over. I, you could do a whole podcast just on Undertaker. Yeah. Just on Mark Calloway. You may do that one day. And, but. like, your first match as a professional is against Bruiser Brody. And you can find that match online, by the mm-hmm. way. It, 
like I'm saying, I'm trying to pick the highlights of this guy. Is he was so many. he was so good you didn't have to put a belt on him. Like limited heavyweight championship ranks because he didn't need it. Like there for a long time, the best match, the match everybody looked forward to wasn't the main event. It wasn't the title fight. It was who's Undertaker going against at WrestleMania. That was that was the thing that everybody looked forward to. And then the streak at WrestleMania that I don't think they should have ended it. No. Um, but the fact that they when they did pull the swerve, it blew everybody's damn mind. Like people were talking about the streak ending on shows that would never talk about wrestling. Yeah, it was coming across like Sports Center's bottom line. Uh, yeah. Undertaker went to WrestleMania. I always said that was his trade-off. Like, he had to talk with Vince and said, look, I don't have to be the champion 800 times. I just win every WrestleMania. And they said they didn't even really realize it in WWE until about seven or eight in. They're like, shit, he hadn't lost yet at WrestleMania. So they started talking about it, and then that was the thing. Every year at WrestleMania, he would win. And it got to the point where you knew he was going to win, but then they talked about it so much, and you're like, he's got to lose eventually. And it would somebody would come in and they'd get me with it. I thought Randy Orton was going to beat him at like twenty the way that match went. I was like, oh, and he survived it. And they could get you with guys: Batista, Edge, Triple H twice, Shawn Michaels twice. You're like, it's gone, and he never lost. And then, damn Brock Lesnar, who didn't need to beat the Undertaker, is the guy that got to beat the Undertaker. And I was like, son, I, I just the crowd went silent. That's WrestleMania, and that crowd I've never was silent. Because never nobody could believe that. Shit. Never seen anything like it. And the guy on the in the on the front row with the face. Yeah, the black guy with the yes or whatever. It, it was the Daniel Bryan shirt. shirt. And it, well, the thing. Well, like that last one he did with uh, Triple H. It, the way they told the stories leading up to these were great too, because yeah. it, you know Shawn Michaels telling Triple H, "You can't win, mm-hmm. you can't win," and it, like. It, and 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 the thing about the Lesnar one, my favorite thing from the Lesnar one is Paul Heyman doing a uh, Q and A type deal, and Paul Heyman putting out the the kernel to put in your uh, the back of your brain is what if Undertaker was supposed to win that day, and Brock Lesnar just didn't want to lose because that's possible. And it's in the and supposedly only four people in that building knew what the outcome of that match was going to be. It was Taker, Lesnar, Vince. And the ref. And well, happened. no, I don't think the ref knew. And it happened that day. Like, that's when that yeah. Vince finally made the decision, and Taker's like, huh? No, it, it was one other person besides Vince, but I don't think the referee knew. Because the, the thing is, supposedly refs are told, call it as it is. If it's a three count and they don't kick out of it, that's on them. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah, so you call it as it is. So, like, when he pinned him, the ref had to count one, two, three. But the Paul Heyman story is fucking great. If you, if you want to listen to it, look it up on YouTube. But him going... I can't do the voice. You can do the voice a little bit, right? If I may, sir, have a volley. <laughs> Perhaps the Undertaker. It's almost like a Donald Duck or some. Yeah, almost. You're almost going Perhaps. Daffy. It was Daffy. Thank you. Yeah. Perhaps the Undertaker didn't uh, lose as much as Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. I am. I'm going into. Yeah. I can't do it. But you get it. Yeah, you get it. You we, get it. We, if you know wrestling, you know Heyman's voice. Happy Heyman. And, and, and that's one thing I was going to say. Might be the best talker in the history of wrestling. It's Paul Heyman. But Undertaker made his debut at Survivor Series 1989. Uh, I remember. Against the Dream Team, baby. I was six. And I saw him, and he was n- you nothing. Like, the closest maybe was Jake Roberts, just because he was creepy. But as yeah. far as the look and Being, the actual, nothing was like it. Being a and I remember movie. going, what the hell? Like, as a six-year-old, or I guess, heck, I didn't cuss when I was six. But I was like, what the heck? 
And I was just like, what is this? And I still remember the crowd shots of the kids in the crowd, like, terrified looking. Yeah. And I wasn't terrified, but I liked it. Like, I, and I like creepy stuff and scary stuff. So, like, I immediately was like, I like this guy. And he was a bad guy. And he was beating up my heroes, and I was cool with it. Like, I remember him, uh, maybe what you were talking about earlier, but when he locked the Ultimate Warrior in a casket with chains on it. And he tried to claw his way out. And I'm like, he can't breathe. He can't breathe. I thought Ultimate Warrior was dying. Yeah. Like, I was a little kid, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's killing him. And he just, the character evolved over the years and the dead man. And then he had that brief stint as a biker, which was out of left field. But it was apparently that's who he is more real life than anything is, is that that's his lifestyle. He likes that. So he got to be himself. And it was a hassle. They said, talking him back into the dead man. Cause he thought the crowd doesn't want to see that anymore. That's old. And then he came out at WrestleMania 20 again as the dead man. And it was like, thank you. And since then, he's been The Undertaker. And he is the conscience of the WWE, the phenom, and was undefeated at 21-0 and before Lesnar beat it. And then, of course, yeah. Roman Reigns got to beat him a few years ago, which I wasn't a fan of either. But that looked like the end. Shockingly did not make either one of our top five. Who, Roman? Roman Reigns. <laughs> no, there's another shocking one I'll bring up in a second that didn't make our top five that I'm amazed. But uh, his matches have been great. Uh, recently... He had one with Goldberg that wasn't great. Not really his fault as much as Goldberg's. And even Goldberg, I can't get too mad at because he knocked himself out. So I get it. But it looks like they're building up and he's getting another match at this WrestleMania against who he he picked. AJ Styles handpicked him, said he wanted to wrestle him because he's the modern day Shawn Michaels, which yep. is who I was going to say is a shock is not on top five or uh, alternates. No HBK. And that to me is... Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels are the best ever. And he's not even on my personal. I was never a Shawn Michaels guy. I always respected him. That's me. And I, I liked him and I had fun with him. And I thought he had hellacious matches, but I was never, I never wanted an HBK shirt. Mm-hmm. DX was the closest and I don't, I don't think I ever got a DX And shirt. I told you, I never liked DX. Yeah, you, you were a hater of DX. I was a hater of DX. I, I thought it was, I thought it was lowbrow. But Undertaker to this day, and we're talking about a generation of fans now, kids that came up on John Cena, who was look finally kind of starting to fade out. And the Undertaker has been a part-time guy for years. Wrestles maybe one to two matches a year, if that. He did a lot last year. And that, Yeah, but for the most part, he doesn't pop up no. much. These Saudi shows he'll go to, because it's $8 billion to go do it. But that those lights go out, and that gong hits, that crowd goes apeshit to this day. Like, he is still the guy. If I don't ever get to see another, I want to see another Mania live. But when I was talking about that 2011 Mania in Georgia, and it's notoriously a bad Mania. It's the one Snooki was in, if you need to oh, know. Oh, yeah, I do remember um, that one. Yeah, it's a notoriously bad one. But, I mean, you got a, a Rey Mysterio-Cody Rhodes match. It was awesome. But that whole buildup with Triple H and Taker. And, and Triple H coming out originally, like the, coming out for whom the bell tolls by Metallica. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was great. And, and then they hit the, the game, and it was it's fucking amazing. Then Undertaker coming out to a Johnny Cash song mm-hmm. with the thunder and lightning coming in the background. And, and we're the, the worst seats in the building. Our back is against the wall. No bullshit. We're on the last row on the top shelf. But you could feel the heat coming off of them flames. And and we would tell you how good he was when they're taking him out in the stretch. We we're going, man, he might actually be hurt. Like, we bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Like, that match with he was that fucking, him and Triple H, they were that fucking good that that was worth every bit of that ticket. Oh, yeah. So, I figured we both had him at number one. He's my all-time favorite. I got to meet him once, and it was just 
like a highlight. And I, I mean, I was already a little bit older, but I was still just starstruck. I was like, hey, nice to meet you. And I felt good because I took a picture that's hanging up in my wall in there. And he had a stack of eight by tens that were still the biker. Oh, you took a picture with him? Yeah. Oh. Uh, that picture's not up. It's on my Facebook. I can show you on that later. But uh, he was still, at that point, was still the un- biker undertaker. That was about that was World of Wheels. So it was about three weeks before WrestleMania when he came back as the Dead Man. So he had a stack of eight by tens of the biker that he was signing. But I had brought a picture from his uh, WrestleMania first championship at WrestleMania win against Psycho Sid, where he's in the ring in the old Dead Man garb. Mm-hmm. And I I sat it down in front of him, and he kind of started to reach for a pen. Then he looked at it for a minute, he just kind of smiled, looked up at me, and grinned, and then signed it. I'm like, ah, he enjoyed that. So that was kind of like my highlight of doing it. Then, of course, my friend called him a dick to his face. I'm like, we need to go. Uh, we got to go. Sorry. He's he's very angry. <laughs> yeah, just piss off the, the giant dead man. Ray this... doesn't speak for me, Undertaker. Thank you so much for Jesus. coming. I, I don't mind that you didn't sign that for him. That's A-OK. But uh, Undertaker is is the man. And I, he always will be. I said years ago, and I tweeted it out to Conrad and all. They brought it up uh, on one of their shows on like a Q&A a couple years ago. That in the WWE Hall of Fame, the first entrant was Andre the Giant, and he was the only person inducted that year. And I, Taker's been there for Vince. Vince respects the shit out of him. It's that's his boy. And I'm like, what if we did that again when he finally hangs it up? He's the only one that goes. He's in. the only one, and we do it almost like a roast. Not where they're coming up shitting on him, but guys he's had matches with or whatever come up and talk about it. It's just like a look back and a nostalgia thing. And thank you, Undertaker. I'd love it. And I'm like, that'd be great. I'll be damned if Jim Ross didn't say that on his podcast this past week. Said the same thing. Great minds. Yeah. Great minds. Well, the thing, and another thing with Taker, he's only showed up to one Hall of Fame, and that was for Paul Bearer. And he came out and did his little... Well, he's been at the other ones, but he's in the back. He never sits in the crowd. He always stays in the back. Well, I mean, his character isn't visible. (laughs) Like, he's not in the... He's not... Like, when they... You won't see him on camera, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because he didn't feel like his character should be out there, because it's kind of weird to see Kane out there with a, with that's so weird. It's it's weird to see Kane, you know, in the in the crowd with the fuck with the damn contact and all that <laughs> shit. And Rey Mysterio's wearing the mask out there. It's just kind of strange, you know. But the thing about Taker is, and that was one thing about him is that is that if there was anybody that was loyal, yeah. Vince McMahon gave him a chance when nobody else would give him a chance, and like when everybody was jumping ship to WCW and all, then Shawn Michaels almost went too. Mm-hmm. Undertaker was the one guy that he stuck. He stuck around and he stuck by his boy, and it paid off because he's a made man. Like he can get away with murder. Like he can, literally can do no wrong. He was the foundation of the Attitude Era. Like really was. He's he's what kept everything from falling apart because they almost went out of business. Yeah. And he stayed with it, and it finally worked itself around and paid off. And, oh, I just, there's nothing. Like, I still get excited when the lights go out and you hear it. I'm like, oh, here he comes. Holy shit. People just died on TV. Uh, again, yeah. Elimination Chamber pay-per-view has officially started. First match, and it was going to be a good one. Wes isn't as up-to-date on current stuff, but he knows at least who one guy is. Yeah, I know Brian. But Daniel I know, Brian. I know the other guy and there's is. this other guy who is uh, Drew Gulak is his name. And he Oof. he's... He's fantastic, and he never gets a chance to shine. And Daniel Bryan, from what I understand, has picked certain people that he wants to work with to try to get them some spotlight. And these are wrestlers. This is wow! Look at Bryan's back. He's got hit with something or hit something hard. Look at that whelp right there. Yeah. So if if you if if uh, which this is coming out, you're not hearing this live, so you're not. If you haven't watched Elimination Chamber when this comes out, 
go check it out at least for this match because I've been watching as we're talking and holy shit, they're putting on a, a show. Just wrestling. This is wrestling. This isn't goofy spots and this these two are getting after it. Holds and everything. So good for Daniel Bryan. By the way, you see the WrestleMania sign in the background? Big mm-hmm. sign? Yeah. Uh, some knowledge was dropped on me recently. WrestleMania every year after the Royal Rumble, they start building to WrestleMania. Holy shit. Start building to WrestleMania and they put the big sign. Everybody comes out and points at it every week. It gets old, but it's almost comical that they do it now. Yeah. But the sign itself is lengthwise, the number of feet is how whatever that WrestleMania is. So that sign is 36 feet long. Last year it was 35 foot long. What the fuck? Really? Yeah, it's, it's a thing. I don't know if it was Vince's deal or what, but that's been their little like nuanced thing is every year that sign gets a foot longer for whatever it is. So that sign that you see with the like the pirate-looking thing because it's in Tampa Bay this year, yeah. 36 foot long. Just interesting little tidbit. I didn't know that. There you go. Oh, there you go. You learn something the every day. More you know. So that's our top five all time. So I guess we can just, just jump right into top five current. Well, the top five current, and we probably won't hit as much on them. No. Because we don't want this. This has already been an hour and 39 minutes almost. Yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of go through these quick. Wes is going to have some probably. Do you have any from AEW? I think you do, don't you? Yes. Okay, so Wes is, is a fan of some AEW guys, which I'm not anti-AEW. I wanted to watch both shows because I was happy that there's competition again, but I've stuck with WWE and it's boring stuff just because, damn it, I'm a loyal brand person. So, And I'm not taking anything uh, away from WWE, but my, my my benchmark to show you, not show you, but to yeah. show to show people, no, to show you, Josh, well, okay. you son of a bitch, I'm going to show you, <laughs> but um, to show that the WWE is notoriously, we thought that they've held people back. And since he's not in my top five, I'll, I'll use him as a as an example. Dean Ambrose, aka John Moxley, John Moxley in AEW. I was never an Ambrose guy. Like he bored the shit out of me on WCW, uh, WWE. And, oh, oh my god! Oh, for a guy with neck issues, uh, oh, that's not good. Oh my god! Oh shit! He's Andy asking. Maybe dead. He's asking me if he's he's okay. He's okay. Oh, look, they counted a pin with his shoulders up though. Yeah, I know, but he asked him if he was okay. Oh hold on, hold on, shit! No. Oh, oh, okay. It wasn't as bad as no, I thought it was. No, he, no. he took a lot of it on his shoulder. Yeah, he landed. Oh, Ooh, it's still bad. It's still bad. It God still damn it, bad. that's bad. Oh, oh, no. That face. Okay, get back oh. to what I was By the saying. way, catch Drew Gulak next week on AEW or, since he'll be fired. Or it. catch him in jail <laughs> for attempted murder. Jesus Holy fucking Christ. Shit. He tried to kill that man. That's manslaughter. Um... No, but like D- Dean Ambrose was not that fun to watch. They kept making him goofier and goofier. He didn't give a shit. Then he goes to AEW in New Japan as John Moxley, and God damn, he's fucking fun to watch. He is so fucking fun to watch. And that's I think that's WWE's problem is they don't let people do what they're p- capable of doing. No, that's the reason why AEW is taking off like it is, is because they just say, "Hey, go out there and do what you can do." Well, they did that in the Attitude Era, and they got away from it because now they're publicly traded and they're PG because they want. And they are, kids. and I understand why they're doing. I it. I get it, but, but as a fan, it's, it makes it boring for people over the age of ten. And 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 the thing that you want to happen is you want AEW to catch fire because yes. Vince is competitive, and he's going to say, "Fuck whatever, we're going to step up our game," and then you can. Competition is the best thing for customers. But so I'll, I'll jump into my top five. Current is number five is Chris Jericho. Okay. Because he is 
87 years old, and he is still <laughs> fucking good. Like he, I mean, he, he does not have an Adonis body at all. Doesn't give a shit. He has reinvented himself more than anybody I think ever, and every one of them work. Mm-hmm. Now he's a straight up rock star. He show I think I think on purpose. Okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay, we're watching this live with guys. The seriously, I got to watch this. Drew Gulak. We're wait, we're waiting for Daniel Daniel's Bryan's Bryan. career to be over or dead. Oh shit! Um, but uh, who was I talking about? Jericho. Jericho. I swear to God, he started wearing the fedora because he's like, <laughs> I guarantee you, he told people in the back. He goes, "I'm so fucking good, I can get a fedora over." And he did. And he fucking did it. And 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 he, and he he's a catchphrase machine. He just. Like, when he wins the belt, he's walking in the back, refuses to interview, does his own interview, talking shit to the police as he's walking, picks up some a little, a champagne ball and goes a little bit of the bubbly, and it becomes a t-shirt. The dude, you couldn't... He's in the running for GOAT. Like, yeah. he's he cannot do anything wrong. And, and currently, he's a great... he, I, Dude, Chris Jericho, I like him now more than I ever did. Really? Yes. Because I like Chris Jericho. I liked him in WWE, but I love the fact that he's just embracing. I don't know. I just, I like Jericho. He's my number five current. That's a good current. And we've already talked about Jericho, so I don't have to say that much more about yeah, him. Yeah, and he was on my all time list. And he's, uh, you said he's 80 whatever years old. His he's 87. Turn, his first hill turn was when he asked for seconds at the Last Supper. No, he's the one that, no, he's the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Judas effect is because he gave Jesus up. There it is. There it is. And That's the crowd right. sings his fucking song now, which is great. And it's his song from Fozzie. God, top five current. Okay. I, Cause I have to think of these from like one down. I'll roll mine down. Uh, yeah, I know you're prepared asshole. Well, uh, but, but oh, you, there he is dying again. You Look can, you can spout Jesus off the current ones Christ. better than I can. And most, all of mine are going to be WWE guys. Um, God bless America. That was brutal. Uh, number five. God bless. Okay. They're trying to you kill know Daniel Bryan. You, you talk for a second. Let me scribble down who my top five are so I can see it. I got to do this real quick. Uh, no, but no, I mean, like, Jericho's another one. You could talk about him for a long goddamn time. Like him doing the list of Jericho and just... <laughs> He's so fucking funny. Like, I don't ever want to meet him because I'm sure he's an asshole, but he's so fucking funny. Everybody says he's great. Kevin Smith loves I'm him. Sure he's, I'm sure he is. You just made the list. But, yeah, it's just like... He, and, got his, and, he was the first champ at AEW and his belt got stolen that night at an Outback Steak. Yes, left it in the fucking limo. <laughs> didn't even bring it in with him and it comes up missing. And <laughs> you can't write that shit. Like, that actually happened. Like, he... he he wins the belt, which is one of my favorite belts that, that has been made in a long time. And it gets stolen the first night that he wins it at an Outback Steakhouse. All right. Well, I've, got my, I've got my five. Okay. Number so. five for me uh, is, a, is a woman, Charlotte Flair. Um, the, the, her and Becky Lynch in real life are like best friends. But I'll be honest, since they've done this split up where Becky has gone her way and all this... They've teamed them up here and there, but they are keeping with storyline like you don't ever see posts of them together anywhere. There's no pictures. They're not showing friends. Nothing. They have kept them apart, but Charlotte Flair looks and acts like a superstar. She's a Flair. She's Ric Flair's daughter, and that's what you expect, and that's what you get out of her. She walks out. She's got the robe. she got long blonde hair. She's all of eight foot tall. I mean, she's 
not eight foot tall, but she's very tall. Her legs are so damn long. Uh, she works like her dad. She's got the same kind of style, the same kind of walk. She, her uh, finisher is a variation of Ric Flair's figure four leg lock. Calls it the figure eight. She is a mega star. She's already a 10 or 11 time champion. I think 11 time champ now. Uh, and she's getting ready to head into WrestleMania with a title match. Not hers. She's not a champ right now, but she'll be taking on the NXT champ, Rhea Ripley. Again, that used to be like their farm team or farm system, so to speak. But they're they're pushing it as equals and they're billing it as equals. So Charlotte will be taking on Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania. And she's she's just gold she is fantastic her work is great her promos are great she can be a baby face like her dad but she's way better as a heel yeah and uh so she will be the second woman to make either of my list charlotte flair comes in at number five charlotte flair is great like uh as far as talent wise work wise she's she's it, she is way better as as the as a pissed off heel it, it, like she can make some great faces uh so that's your five yep uh, my number four is AJ Styles. Phenomenal. And if there was ever a tagline that fits somebody, is AJ Styles. He is the modern day Shawn Michaels. Because the dude, it, can he? I don't, it'd be really hard to have a bad match with him. So, like, for The Undertaker to pick him is a great, dare I say, phenomenal choice <laughs> to pick because The Undertaker, it's, 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 it's just going to get harder and harder the longer he stays in it. But AJ Styles is one of those guys, he's lied enough that he's not going to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he can make him look like a million bucks. He's just good at everything he does. Like, he's he, he has no weak spot. Like, other than maybe size. But he makes up for it because, like I said, the same thing as Shawn Michaels. is The dude's good. He was good for a long fucking time before he ever came. Oh, yeah. To, uh, to WWE. But, yeah. And then he just kept getting better and better. Like, his, some of his stuff in New Japan was amazing. But, uh, I mean, I didn't have a lot planned to say about AJ Styles other than he's great. And and the reason why my, my, my five, I had to write them down, is I'm not super current with everything. I can't just sit down and watch three hours of that fucking dribble every day. I, I know. It's, it, it, there's no sense in it being two hours other than they're making money off commercials. I'm scribbling as we're talking because I the reason I have to watch three hours and then two hours on Friday night is because I'm the commissioner in a fantasy wrestling league. And pay-per-views are counted, so I'm I'm doing that as we talk. And that's love of the game right there, because he's not getting paid a dime. I'm and, not. And he's doing that for the fun of it. So, I mean, and that's... the guy that's coming to the ring is my number three. But before I get to that, I have to do my number four. That's a guy that's been around for a while, and uh, it looks like they're trying to make him sort of a stone cold. He gets to use the stunner. It's his finisher now. Mm-hmm. KO Kevin Owens. I love him. He's great. He's fun. He's great on the mic. He's great in the ring, and he's not a small guy. And I don't mean like, oh, he's six foot five. No, he's he's a fat guy, not like obesely. And he's lost some weight, but he's still a, a thick dude. And he does sentoms, he does flips. He, but he busts his ass, and he's good. And Jericho loved working with him in WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like they they keep putting him with Seth Rollins, and they're they're trying to push him, and it, the crowd's digging him, but they, they haven't just made that to the top yet, and I don't think that's going to happen until after Mania. Maybe that'll be when we get him back into the, the picture. But he has been Universal Champion. Uh, he was NXT Champion. He's been Tag Champs with Jericho, U.S. Champion. So he, he's been around the block a little bit. Great on the mic, great in the ring. Kevin Owens is my number four. 
Okay. Um, my number three is Bray Wyatt. And they just don't, like, there's no way he's going to win at Mania. No, like, they don't know. They won't just let him be great. I think he wins at Mania this year. Either better. Because you can't have him lose the Cena twice. No, exactly. Um, but Bray Wyatt, you talk about somebody that was given fucking shit and figured out a way to, to turn it into fucking gold. Like, they had him as, you go from Husky Harris <laughs> to a cult leader called Bray Wyatt that just, and he's another one. He checks every damn box. Yeah. I mean, the dude can talk his ass off. He can work his ass off. He He looks convincing, especially now. I love the whole Fiend deal. Like, mm-hmm. he's got a new character that he's come out with where he has alter egos with, like, a um, like a uh, children's show host that turns into this evil character called the Fiend. It's like a personality-type deal. And he wears a mask and all that, And but somehow it's not cheesy. Somehow no. it's freaking good. It's, it's creepy, it's dark, it's mysterious, and he's seemingly invincible. He'll take a million finishers and... Uh... It's it's a fantastic character. He's he's a throwback character. Yeah. Like, he's a throwback to the old days. And one of the best entrances in the history of the business. Like, when they knock all the lights out, everybody's got their cell phone lights out, the fireflies, great intro music. Yep. Uh, they updated it. It's even better now. With the lantern, he comes out. He doesn't, and like, he can read the crowd, too. He can change the match on the fly. He's... Uh, Another big man. A big that can man. Move. And can fucking move. And and you believe it, and you believe everything he's doing out there. When he's talking, you listen to everything he has to say. Well, I'm talking about the WWE just keeps fucking shit up. Is oh. what they should do with Bray Wyatt, and especially what they should do with the Fiend now. Is if you remember when the Undertaker first came out, you didn't see him every week. Yeah, you might see him once a month, maybe. You saw him once a month, so when you saw him, it was a big fucking deal. So with the Fiend. Honestly, he shouldn't be on TV every fucking week. Well, he's not though. They don't they don't bring the fiend out much. And Bray Wyatt pops up in like a pre-tape thing about every once every two weeks. So they're they're kind of learning. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, getting, they're, they're learning a little bit. But I don't know. They, they put, now I don't like that belt at all. I don't like the, the fiend. I belt, don't yeah. like the fiend belt at all. Um, I'm kind of like one of those guys. I, I like a I like the the title to look like a title. Winged Eagle, best belt ever. Yeah. Yeah, and WWE. Now, some people argue the big yeah. gold is the best. That's number ever. two, but the big the the winged eagle from like Hogan, Savage, Bret Hart, yes. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that's the best belt ever for yeah. me. I love that belt. That's the best belt ever. But like number three for me is Bray Wyatt. That AEW belt is starting. To Ugh. I love that belt, and I like the new Intercontinental belt. Hate me. Oh, I do. I hate Fight you, me. That's an awful fucking belt. Um, but yeah, that's my number three. I th- I think that's a solid choice though because it is. It's like. He should be the, and he's another one. They should turn him face. Well, he's getting there because the crowd cheers for him anyway. The crowd's going to cheer for him no matter what. He's a big monster. I don't want him to be face yet, but he will be. But no, be a cool face. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm talking about like hugging babies and smiling at the camera and shit. I'm talking about, because that was one of the few times that like they had one one off fucking, when he was Bray Wyatt, they did a one off tag team match with him and Roman Reigns. It was fucking great. Mm hmm. It was they worked so fucking good together, and I'm, I don't know. I, I think the WWE there's too many cooks in the kitchen in WWE. Yes, and it, it, it all it all just come, it comes down to one man's opinion, but there's just too many. They've got to change something. 
But yeah. that, that's my number three. If You might want to stop this and restart it. I see it. I see it. We're creeping up on it. I'm still going to keep talking. Okay. We got this. Uh, at least for the next one or two. So my number three is on TV right now in a match against Humberto Carrillo. He is currently the United States champion, and his name is Andrade. With manager Zelina Vega, who they've done a wonderful job, except Lawler's dumbass, of making sure they're business associates. It's not boyfriend-girlfriend. They're not a couple. Lawler talks about them being a couple, and everybody else is like, they're not a, a couple. But I've been a fan of his for the better part of a year and a half, and he's getting some recognition, and he puts on fantastic matches. Uh, had some just barn burners with Rey Mysterio. Now we've got this young guy, Humberto Carrillo, who is very good, too, and this match has looked fun as hell. But Andrade's classic heel, he does the Eddie Guerrero taunt, like he'll get the a guy, he'll probably do it here in a minute, and a headlock back, and he'll do the shimmy shake, and the crowd boos him. And he just smiles, a shit-eating grin on his face. He's fucking phenomenal. Uh, no, no offense, AJ. But he is he's great. I love him. I'm a huge fan. He is engaged to Charlotte Flair, so there's your next, uh, there's your next wedding, Charlotte. Future ex-husband of Charlotte Flair on Friday. See you in Almas. His, his name when he first came in, now he's just Andrade. But he just came back from a 30-day wellness violation. So, welcome back. This, I think, is his first or second match back since then. So, that's my number three. And Wes, oh look, it does turn red when you get to the five-minute part. It doesn't tell you that, but it turns red. So, I thought we would be done uh, with this, and we are not done. We've got a couple left, but it will be quick. So, I'm going to go ahead and stop it here. We'll come back, do our top two current ones. And then we'll let you guys get on with your time. So hold on just a minute. We'll be right back with the pod with no name. All right. Finally, the end of the show is coming up. We have our last two current favorites. And uh, then we're going to let you go because it's been a long damn show. And my battery's running low. So we're going to hit this up. Wes, who's your number two current favorite wrestler? Kevin Owens. Oh, there you go. Look at him. He made it up on your list. Uh, Kevin Owens is great. Like, I love everything about that guy. Um... He's he can be a believable heel, mm. great heel. He's funny as shit. Uh, like his Twitter didn't is his Twitter still good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there for a long time his Twitter was amazing, but uh, he's a prom. He's great in WWE, but they'll never he'll never be the top guy. Um, that's the guy that I want him to go to AEW so bad. <laughs> Like, if I could pick one guy from WWE to go to AEW, one guy, I would pick Kevin Owens because he would be their top heel on top of the fucking card. Like, he could be Stone Cold-esque yeah. if they did it right. And they are trying a little bit. Like, he's pulling some shit, like, here lately that I don't see how you're that big and you can do that. And, like, what he did is Kevin Steen back in the day, like, I don't understand how he can move like that and be as big as he is. Dude can talk his ass off. He's funny as shit. Um, it's fun as hell to watch. And and like you said, they're letting him do the stunner now, which is great. Now I saw a clip of Seth Rollins selling it. And Seth Rollins can sell the hell of a, out of a stunner, evidently. Like almost uh, Scott Hall-ish. Yeah. Um, and Scott Hall sold the best stunner. It wasn't the wrong. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'm going to say Rusev sold, sold the best stunner. Yeah. That's right up there. Yeah. Rusev is... Uh, Ru- Rusev's an honorable mention right there, too. <laughs> Rusev, 
Well, Rusev Day, like you talk about somebody that they that they for whatever reason they don't want him to be in the company. They just keep figuring out ways. Like, well, we can't fire the guy. He's selling merch with Rusev Day and all that shit. He's funny as shit. Um, but yeah, my number two is Kevin Owens. You've already talked about him. Um, I just my one thing I would throw in there is I want him in in AEW. And so bad. He may end up there soon. He needs to be there because I think you would get the best. They, they would probably go back to Kevin Steen. You can't cut Kevin, call, him, call him Kevin Owens because Vince McMahon will get pissy. Yeah. Um, but that's a great idea for the name, though, because the, the anagram the KO is, is a great. I'm surprised it took him that long yeah. to use the KO gimmick with somebody. But that's my number two. Uh, good number two. Yeah. My number two, you've already had on your list, The Fiend Bray Wyatt. I love the character because it's a character, and you don't think those can get over anymore, and he does. And it's creepy, and it's spooky, and it's it's all the things that Undertaker is, and there's like a, can we have that collision at some point? Uh, I'd love to see that. So not a whole lot more I can add to what we said earlier with him. The Fiend is just a fantastic character. The the Firefly Funhouse is like Mr. Rogers and Pee Wee Herman combined. My kids love it. Like last night, they were, or Friday night, they were here, and my daughter will watch it with me. Hayden went and did his own thing, but all of a sudden you hear that music, Hayden's in here watching it. They love the Firefly Funhouse and think it's great, and they love the Fiend. I got the... Fiend Funko Pop sitting right up there, and they're like, oh, as soon as I came in, that's awesome. So he, he oh, attracts new people. Yeah. I did the pre-order, and oh, it yes, shipped. It. Bam. Okay. So Fiend's my number two guy. Uh, we'll do it. Number one current wrestler, current favorite wrestler, Wes, is? Kenny Omega. Ugh. Kenny fucking Omega. Kenny Olivier. Kenny Omega, like, they're not, they're, he's, he's kind of taking a step down in AEW, to, I guess, to let everybody else shine a little bit. But... With, with, when he was in New Japan, he was the best wrestler in the world. By the way, kids, throw that in your Google machine. Look up Kenny Omega and was it uh, Kushida? Or who was he in the... No, not Kushida. Okada? Okada in New Japan. They had a trilogy of matches. Google those and find those. YouTube them, whatever. Those were incredible matches. If you are a fan of wrestling at all, the trilogy with him and Okada in New Japan is... And, and people give Meltzer a lot of shit for, for ranting matches and his opinions and all that, but he was fucking dead on with those three matches. They were so fucking good. Like, the best one out of all of them, you could argue, is the second one, and it's a draw. And it, you just watch highlights of those, and you see how good... Like, Omega, not only is he... He sells so well. Like, his his accuracy when he does do the high spots, and, and especially in those New Japan matches... He barely misses the fence when he's jumping over shit, doing moonsaults and all that. And when uh, when he tries to pin you, he looks like he's actually trying to keep you on your shoulders. And he looks like he's trying his best to beat you. Now, they, they, he hadn't got to shine that much in AEW, and I think that's by choice. But as far as working... Re- Listen, Seth Rollins wouldn't talk shit about you unless you were that fucking good. Yeah. And I hate to break it to Seth Rollins fans out there or whatever, but Kenny Omega is still the best wrestler in the world. Um, in my opinion, I know, I know, I know. In my opinion, he, he is very good. He I'm has the potential. Like, like I said, it's driving me crazy that that he's not being the the new Japan version of Omega. Um, That's been a lot of people's gripes with it so far is that we haven't seen that Kenny Omega yet. It, Although, from what I hear, the tag match he just had, they said that that looked very Kenny Omega. Well, they said I haven't got to see it, but they said that that was the, one of the best tag matches in the history of wrestling. Yeah. And I haven't got to watch it because uh, Hulu wants me to pay sixty dollars a month for <laughs> to to watch 
AEW would be included in it. I'm sure it's not just for AEW, <laughs> but I'm not paying $60 a month just to watch AEW. But I'm wanting him to, to sh- I want part of me wanted him to go to WWE, but I knew they would fucking crush him. Yeah. They would never let him be as good as he is. But I just, if anything, just for a one match in with a, AJ mania, Styles. a mania match and with AJ Styles or Nakamura, or somebody mm, like that. I want AJ. I want AJ and Omega. I, that's what I want to see. Well, well, Although I'll tell you, the New Day talked about them on the podcast. New Day want Omega and the Bucks on a three-on-three at Mania. That's what they want. And the Bucks, I can. It depends on what mood I'm in that day. If I if I'm for the Bucks or not. But <laughs> um, some days I like them. Some days I don't. Um, some days I'm a Mark. Some days I'm Jim Cornette. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. And like Jim Cornette hates Kenny Omega because he wrestled a nine year old Japanese girl and a blow up doll and an invisible man and he does his jazz fingers. And he fuck, but he. But the fact is, he they were entertaining. Yeah, he made a nine year old Japanese girl look strong. Like <laughs> he made her look strong. Well, uh, Kenny Omega's doing that right now as he's over the women's division and the ninety pound year old Japanese schoolgirl has been their champion. Yes, Rio. I think he's that fucking good. I I, I really do, and uh, <laughs> I I think it's it's going to happen that he's going to be the top guy in W in AEW. But and I know you're not a fan, but no, he is. He's good. I'm not a. I I do like AEW. I just haven't got a chance to watch it because I watch so much other stuff. But I want them to do well because I like competition. It makes everything better. I'm all for it. So I, I've got no problem with it. I just like giving it shit to be contrarian. Oh yeah, is the word for it. So. By the way, Umberto has lost. Andrade retains the U.S. Championship for those of you keeping up at home. So, so you can sleep tonight. You can. Good for you. Look, check my battery out here. All right. My number one, uh, Becky Lynch. I'm not going to say shocker. much more. Yeah. There's not much more I can say about it. I'm in love with the woman. think she's great. She is my second favorite wrestler of all time. Of all time. She is my second favorite. And the only reason she's not number one is because The Undertaker exists. <laughs> That's it. If there was no Undertaker, she'd be my favorite wrestler of all time. Period. I love Becky Lynch. So that's where we're going to end it today. Thank you. Good God. Two hours and probably with everything, 10, 12 minutes so far of, of wrestling. Uh, debate. I told you about it. You can find me on Twitter. You can't find Wes, but if you hate Wes, you can tell me about it. I dare you. On uh, Wow, he's angry. I uh, dare you, cocksucker. Say and, something. Okay. And <laughs> see, he's picking a fight. He's a heel. He's a heel. He's a heel. Uh, by the way, that's that's a really bad Cornette impression that we're doing. Not really. <laughs> uh, no, it's not really. <laughs> double cheese, double mayo, motherfucker. But if you don't know who Jim Cornette is, you're a lesser person for not knowing. That's true. But uh, again, if you don't like Wes, tell me about it. If you don't like me, tell me about it. I don't give a shit. But at Rooftop Hero, all one word I'll on take it, that on cheap Twitter. Uh, Instagram, at Rooftop underscore Hero. You can message me, either one. And let me know what you think of the show, what you want to hear about more, uh, all that. And uh, we're less than a month away from WrestleMania 36. Hopefully by this time next year, we will have a contract signed between me, the PBWF undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Josh White, the Death Valley Demon, (laughs) Josh White. Yeah, that's my name. And the PBWF hardcore champion. Casey Ponder. So, Casey, that's for you, pal. You want a piece? Come get some. I will whip your rock-climbing ass. The challenge has been laid out. I'll throw you from the top of the rock-climbing wall. Oh, my God. Onto a table. King of the Mountain match. 
King of the Mountain match. Go to Gadrock. Sign it. We can do it. Now listen, you'll have to helicopter me to the top of the mountain. Bye-bye. We'll use a pulley system of Thank some you. sort. Casey, you will have to pull me up to the top. But then <laughs> when we get up there, it's your ass. <laughs> well, once I get up there and you're all tired from pulling my fat ass up there, oh, it's over. And, and one thing I was going to say is, this is a under un, uh, under the, we really haven't said it, but it's been under the, uh, the idea. One day we're going to do a review of Birds of Prey, <laughs> but it's probably going to be when the Blu-ray comes out. But uh, there were... It will happen. The Birds of Prey review will happen. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be when we watch the three-hour version on TNT in a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, I might break down and buy the Blu-ray or something when it comes out <laughs> because I said I wasn't gonna spend any money on it. But but now it's it's a mission I have. We're gonna review that goddamn movie, and if it's if it's decent, we'll say it's decent. If it's trash, we will fucking we will we will sink that motherfucking movie if it's trash. But. That it will happen eventually. <laughs> eventually, it will happen. It will happen. So I won't do my normal like break and then come back and tell you to tune in next time. I'm just gonna tell you right here. Tune in next time, same bat time, same bat channel. You can find us on uh, Anchor. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Rocket Cast, Pocket Cast. Uh, just look for it. The Pod with No Name and leave us feedback. Give us a review if you want. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We're trying to. Trying to get some some things here, some listens. I was going to say views, but it's an audio platform. Hey, that's great news for blind people. You probably can't find it on your phone, but if somebody can find it for you, then you can hear it. Uh, I can say that because I'm blind, sort of. And I want to learn Braille just so I can spell fuck you. Oh, it's easy. I'll teach you later. Okay. So, oh, WrestleMania. There it was. 28 days away to WrestleMania. We'll see you then. We'll talk to you, uh, well, before then, possibly. And I told you last time I may do the question and answer thing. I have not done that yet, so maybe this week I'll, I'll post that to my Instagram page. You can go hit me up. We'll do one of those again. I haven't done that in a while. We're going to do a review of WrestleMania. Uh, all that good stuff. So until next time, I am your buddy, your pal, the host with the most, Josh White. He is? I'm, I'm Wesley now, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty fucking cool. I uh, used to be over. <laughs> he is really took that down a notch, man. Yeah, I, I am uh, Wesley now. I, I used to be over, but I'm not anymore. Oh, you're still over. And uh, in your house with Doodle. Yeah, my dog likes me. There you go. My, my you dog mean. likes me, and that's about it. But uh, he's the advocate for cats. That's my Paul Heyman. <laughs> my my Paul Heyman is my border collie. Yeah, but you're the Paul Heyman for your wife. I am. She's Brock. She it's is time, the Brock. It's Lester. time to go home. I can't do... I'm not even going to try to do a Paul Heyman impression. I'm not even going to do it. It's time to go home, Cassie. It's, it's two in the morning. A little bit. Cassie Blackstone is closing. <laughs> we got to go. So, that's us. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, hey, if you're in Gaston, come on down for trivia at... Bla- uh, not Blackstone. Screw Blackstone. At Back 40, where we are the current reigning champs. Yeah, yeah, we fucking won. Yeah, take that, all you other teams with 800 people. Yeah, they're breaking rules. It didn't matter. Nope. The, the odds were stacked against us. They had more than six people on their team. We still fuck Neo. We, 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 we invited Neo you, B-Rad, and you turned your back and you lost. We gave you a shot at the at the at the title, and 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 then you you see what happens. Keegan's see? on Keegan's on the winning team. B-Rad's on the losing team. Yeah, we're starting a faction. Oh shit, that's gonna be fun. All right, we'll think of our faction name. We will talk to you all next time right here on the Pod with No Name. Bye.